Welcome to another Monday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Mm-hmm. Along with Miss Lakina McGee. There we go. <laughs> Along with Miss Lakina McGee. Lakina McGee. That she, <laughs> I'm Cindy Brown. That's me. And you're not. Yeah, I was like, he's getting tight out here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will explain why in, in a minute. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kino's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's an Apple iTunes store or Google Play. Make sure that app says Sports Zone Chicago. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, make sure you follow them on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, you can do so. By simply subscribing to War or Anger, we're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And if you want to follow War Media, and we tell you you should, you should follow those guys at W-A-R Media. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very different opinions. <laughs> Let's give you guys the quick rundown of today's show. Of course, this hour, every Monday during the football season, is our football power hour. We're going to go through this fast pace because we got a special hour that we're going to tell you uh, that we're going to tell you something special about in just a moment. This hour, we're going to cover the Bears, the NFL mix in a little bit of college football and perhaps sneak in some baseball talk in there as well because the league championship series for both the national and the American leagues uh, uh, got started over the weekend. So we'll give you our quick thoughts on that. Then at one o'clock we'll have our bulls slash NBA preview power hour for the upcoming 2021, 22 season. You basketball heads out there, we got you for the for the next hour. So uh, we have a, a, an esteemed panel. We're not going to tell you who they are. You're going to find out just like the rest of us. So <laughs> tune in at, at the second hour of the show uh, for, for our Bulls slash NBA uh, season preview show. You're going to love this. So we have an esteemed panel that's going to join us. We're going to break everything down from the Bulls to the NBA and everything else in between. So that's next hour. This hour, we're going to start with football. But before we get started, if you want to comment on today's show, you could do so by going to our Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Once again, Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakeem will get them up for you or in. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid, Lakeem will politely give you the boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of giving them the boot, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers gave our Bears the boot on the lakefront yesterday by defeating the Bears by the score of 24-14. Aaron Rodgers, 7-23, 195 yards passing and two touchdowns. And plus, he ran one in late in the fourth quarter to seal the deal for the green and gold. Khalil Herbert ran the ball for the Chicago Bears 19 times for, for 97 yards in a first quarter touchdown. Devontae Adams for Green Bay was the leading receiver with four catches and 89 yards. Lakina, I wasn't surprised at what happened yesterday. I think it says more about the Bears than the Packers. The Packers may have one of the best records in the NFC. We'll break down the rest of the NFL later on. But it said more about the Bears than the Packers. Here's why. Because the Bears will miss a whole lot more stars yesterday than Green Bay did. It came down to defense. Uh, the, the Bears held their own throughout the first half 
pretty much throughout three quarters of that game. But Green Bay, as we told you on Friday, can make a couple more big plays than the Bears did. That's what happened. If you're a Bears fan, if you're disappointed they lost, we understand. But they didn't get killed. I know some of y'all expected them to get killed. We didn't. We told you guys they were going to hang in there, and Aaron Rodgers was going to come through at the end. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. It was just look. They had you thought that maybe the Bears had a chance, right? They had the Tadobin drive for a touchdown, and then you really didn't hear anything about the offense after that until like late, like late in the fourth quarter, like halfway through the fourth quarter when the game was out of reach. I, I mean, I don't know. You you can't do that against the Green Bay Packers. I mean, yes, there were some you know penalties. You know, mm-hmm. Justin Fields tried to call it. You know. He was trying to call a timeout. You know, they got called for a delay of game. You know, there's two seconds left in the, in the game clock. Then you have Mario Elwes Jr. in that stupid penalty. You know, he's got a problem with it. It's like the second or third time he's done that this season. So he got uh, that Javon Williams uh, issue. <laughs> but, well, at least he hasn't punched anybody yet, I, I guess. <laughs> I, <laughs> Let's I give him no more ideas. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, you know, I digress. But, uh, Look, I think overall the Bears did what they needed to do like early on, but you kind of felt like the Packers were dragged along and then they kind of like woke up and said, okay, you know what? It's the Bears. So Aaron Rodgers did what he did. You know, I know he said after that, kind of like that, that clinching touchdown to kind of seal the deal for the Packers, you know, put the game out of reach. He said, look, I still own you. Or, and apparently, I guess, you know, I guess like someone in the crowd was given like the double bird or, or something. These are these are not the, the fingers I'm talking about. So right. <laughs> these are not the fingers I'm talking about. But uh, this is a kids show, folks. <laughs> this is a family show. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it's just you know look, he's like 23 and like five or something like that against the Bears in his like 12 year mm-hmm. career. So he has actually has every right to do that. So I know some folks were upset about some Bears fans were upset, but. You know, it, it, look, he has every right to do that now. Including like like maybe like three and zero in the playoffs or something like that. So look. Mm-hmm. Look, you know, Allen Robinson had some key drops. So Khalil Herbert did what he had to do, you know, 97 rushing yards and a touchdown. But again, you know, it was the, the defense did what they were supposed to. They did sack Aaron Rodgers three times, and that's fine. But the, the Packers team actually looked really good. I mean, Kenny Clark looked good. I mean, mm-hmm. Devondre Campbell looked good, let the team in tackles. Dean Lowry had a sack. I mean, look, we told you guys when we were doing our preview on Friday that. Yeah, the Packers are not, you know, the defense is like, you know, okay, they're about, you know, some guys, you know, Jair Alexander, uh, Ladarius Smith, you know, they're hurt, but they still got some guys. And unfortunately, the Packers are just a better, better team than the Bears. I, I know Bears fans don't want to hear that, but that's just the fact. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live and in living color along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. So we break down the Bears 24 to 14 loss to the Green Bay Packers on the lake front yesterday. Taking a look at the key numbers from the Bears offensively from yesterday. Justin Fields, a quarterback rate overall of 75.2. He had a fumble again. He had another turnover. He should have had two interceptions, but one of them was called back due to a review. Mr. Fields had a touchdown pass on, along with 174 yards passing. A Khalil Herbert, as you mentioned, had the top of the show, a 97 yards rushing with the first quarter touchdown. In the receiving department, Allen Robinson had four catches for 53 yards. Cole Komet, as we told you on Friday, the Bears need to use their tight ends more. We didn't hear from Jimmy Graham, but we heard from Cole Komet, four catches, 49 yards. Darnell Mooney had the long receiving touchdown for the Bears. He had five catches for 45 yards. Lakina, uh, as we said before, this is going to be growing pains with Mr. Fields. Uh, you're going to see some good moments for him. He's going to see some not good moments for him. I think he took another step up yesterday. He's not where he wants to be. I think he's going to be where he wants to be once the Bears put better weapons around him. We'll discuss that 
uh, once the season is over. We won't go that, down that rabbit hole today. But uh, though he made a slight step up yesterday, the Bears had a chance. They had a realistic chance. But it was the stupid penalties and the false starts, especially toward the end of that first half, where they should have put a touchdown on the board. You, you really would have gave the Packers a scare. But this is a lot for the Bears to digest and learn from because they'll play Tampa Bay on the road in uh, next week in the uh, second half of that CBS doubleheader next week. But the, this will serve the Bears in the long run if they stay on course and go in the right direction because uh, despite the injuries uh, that this team is suffering through right now, they were still in the game yesterday, and, and I'm proud of them for that. If they were perfectly healthy and they laid down, the, laid down uh, a doormat, this would be a whole, whole nother conversation. Well, but yeah, yeah, that's fine if you feel that way, Sid. But again, this team is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to channel a denigree for a second. They are who you thought they were. I mean, this, look, this team, look, this team could do well against teams that are mediocre and teams are, they're kind of even with and maybe have a little bit of an edge in the talent department, but they're not a great team. And they're about to go into the part of their schedule where it, it's there might be a couple of games where they can keep it close. And maybe there's might be a game or two of them. They have a chance to win, but they played Tampa Bay. That's going to be the late game on CBS with a double header. Then they have San Fran. Okay. Yes. Yeah, San Fran has had injury issues, but that's still a pretty good team. Then they have the Steelers. We'll get to the Steelers in a little bit. Then mm-hmm. they have the Ravens. Then they have the Lions on Thanksgiving, you know, on a short week. So they, they may have a chance, probably have a chance to win that game, but you know, they're, they're going to a, a part of their schedule. Whereas look, this team's not good enough. They're not and yet healthy or not. I mean, yeah, maybe David Montgomery, maybe it would have kept it a little bit closer, but you know, it is what it is. So I, I think, look, this bears team, yeah, they did get blown out, but okay. Yay. They didn't get blown out. But again, you know, it just shows you that the talent, level, the talent level, and again, know your personnel. They're not being used correctly. So I'm not saying this Bears team is a playoff team this year. As we, we talked about before the season started, I didn't expect this team to be a playoff team. I said they will be mediocre at best uh, hanging around the wild card. Now, you read the schedule, of course, that uh, they have a, uh, after Tampa Bay, you host San Francisco on Halloween, and then you travel to Pittsburgh for Monday night before you have the bye week. You could, I think you could have pencil in one win maybe. You could perhaps get two. Now, if you get two, you could put yourself – in a great position right in the middle of that wild card race because even though the NFC is good, no one's going to run away with that conference. And the wild card um, race in the NFC will be set, but that's a long ways away from now. But this Bears team, uh, the way they performed yesterday, there's not as bad as it was two weeks ago in Cleveland. But I'm with you, Lakin. They're not a playoff team either. As long as Mr. Fields improves between now and the end of the regular season, this will serve the Bears going forward. And that's what you want, right? I know some people would yeah. say, "Yo, what if they go back to Andy Dalton?" But I think at this point, you're look, you're unless feels is hurt, it, it makes no sense to go back to Dalton. It I makes mean, no, it, yeah, it, I, it'll it'll serve this franchise a disservice. Well, yeah, I mean, look, you know, he could have had two interceptions against you know a former Bear, Adrian Amos, but again, it was you know that the you know, there was a it was called back, you know, because he didn't have his both both feet in. But it, you know, look, okay, yeah, he hasn't been terrible, but you know, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't been great either. And then that's kind of what you expect from a rookie quarterback. So, again, we'll see, you know, as we we, we go here. But, uh, again, you know, Eddie Jackson, you know, again, showed him that he could – some folks he couldn't tackle. And there was some other stuff that happened, <laughs> some missed opportunities. So, look, I, I just I, – I, at this point, I, I'm just like – I'm kind of like over it. I don't want to say I'm over it, but it's sort of like, look, I know I know who this team is. I know what, who they're not. And, 
you know, let's just, let's just move on. Cause like, I, I don't, I'm sick of talking about the bears right now. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. As you're listening to Sega city sports, we're live and in living color right here on sports zone, Chicago city, Lakini are here with you. Let's break down the rest of the scores from uh, yesterday's action from around the national football league for week six uh, for the London game, which started off yesterday. It was the Jaguars 23, the Dolphins 20, Tua Tungvaloba uh, looked good for the Dolphins in his uh, return to action after a few weeks off. 329 yards, passing two touchdowns. James Robinson ran the ball for the Jaguars very well, 73 yards in the score. Mike uh, Gusecki for Miami, eight catches, 115 yards. Trevor Lawrence looked good with a, a touchdown pass over 300 yards, passing no turnovers. The reason why I know this is because I had him on my fantasy team yesterday. <laughs> and, and it looks like our guy, Lakina Urban Meyer, is going back home Without a pink slip or a link card, the Jaguars earned their first victory of 2021. Yes, now it's a 20 game win streak, which is losing streak, I should say, which is a record mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL. Now, I, I, look, I think that this changes nothing. I, I feel I, I don't think they think this really changes anything for Urban mm-hmm. Miles' job security. I, I just don't. And, and look, there, I'll get when we get to our sudden duds in a little bit. You know, I have my own issues with this game because I think this is more like the Dolphins lost it than more of like the Jags won it. The Jags won. They snapped a 20-game losing streak. Good for them. But, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not like, – like I said, this doesn't change my mind about uh, Urban Meyer's job security there. Uh, speaking of job security, this coach will have it for the rest of this year. But going forward, it may not be. I think this coach will be running out of tears. And that, uh, that I'm talking about uh, Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell. Uh, the Bengals blew out the Lions yesterday, 34 to 11. I watched the majority of that game via my computer. And the Indianapolis Colts uh, blew out the Houston, Texas, 31 to 3. We'll save you guys the analysis there because you don't need them. <laughs> this team. Really got trash, and we predicted it on Friday. We don't need to get t- too down too much with this. It was the L.A. Rams over the New York football Giants, 38-11. Matthew Stafford, 251 yards passing, four touchdowns. Darrell Henderson ran the ball well for the Rams, 21 carries, 78 yards in the score. Cooper Cup was the man for both teams for the Rams. Uh, he had nine catches for 130 yards and two scores. Yeah, a little bit of a slow start. You know, they they, they didn't score for the in the first quarter. I know Giants fans were thinking, okay, man, we have a shot. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> four four uh, touchdowns for uh, touchdown uh, passes from Matt Stafford. Three interceptions for Daniel Jones. You know, you gotta give him credit. He tried to make a go of it, but it just ugh, just just looked terrible and it, it was just <laughs> ugh, yeah. But let, let's keep it going. <laughs> it was just terrible. Uh, the- the Kansas City Chiefs marched into our nation's capital to beat the Washington football team 31-13. Patrick Mahomes, 397 yards in two touchdown passes. Yeah, I mean, they, they had their struggles. I mean, Washington kept it close. But again, I think you know Mahomes had two interceptions, including a really bad one. When I saw it, I'm like, well, geez, I think the – look, we've had Bears quarterbacks that really kind of just threw it up for grabs. And that, that's something that as a, you know, a veteran, you know, Mahomes is a veteran now. He shouldn't be doing that. So – but again, they did just enough to win that game. You know, Daryl Williams had two touchdown, two rushing touchdowns for them, and you know, Kelsey, you know, he didn't have any um, any touchdown catches. He kind of kept the thing going, kept like drives going. Also, Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, if you're the Chiefs, I mean, you, okay, you don't want to say they're out of it, but you know, again, these are the kind of games that you know has the league figured him out, figured Mahomes out, and this offense out. Well, we'll wait and see. Still a lot of season left. 
from what I understood, uh, most of you that watched that Bears game, you guys were tuned into the ending of this game. I watched the, most of the second half of this game live via my computer. Mm. It was the Minnesota Vikings 34, the Carolina Panthers 28. KJ Osborne catched, uh, caught the game winning touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins in overtime. The Vikings had an 11 point lead in the fourth quarter. Carolina came back. Give credit Sam's Darnold, who had a terrible day, but led Carolina on to the game tying drive with that forced overtime. Kirk Cousins had 373 yards passing, three touchdowns, including the game winner, as I mentioned. Dalvin Cook for my fantasy team ran the ball 29 mm-hmm. times for 140 yards and a score. Adam Thielen was the man for the Vikings with 11 catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown catch. Yeah. Well, let's roll to Gray Joseph uh, missed two field goals, including that would have been the game winner. So, that that's what led to the overtime. But again, you know what? I mean, Minnesota, like they're three and three, like the Bears are kind of like hard to figure out. But right. <laughs> uh, but you know what? At least for this week again, Kirk Cousins said you like you like that? You like that? So uh look, I think he just enough <laughs> to win that game and send them for that game winning touchdown pass to Osborne. So it actually ended up being a, probably one of the games of the day. So go mm-hmm. figure. <laughs> Ooh wee! <laughs> Another team that's saying ooh wee. The Baltimore Ravens destroyed the Los Angeles Chargers, or as we call them, the San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles on this show, thirty-four to six. Justin Herbert, not a good day. One hundred ninety-five yards passing and a touchdown. Devontae Freeman ran the ball for Baltimore nine times for fifty-three yards in an early score. Mark Andrews was the man for Baltimore, catching five passes for sixty-eight yards. And a score. Lakina, I was really looking forward to this game. Uh, the statistics doesn't jump out to me on the Baltimore side, but they controlled the clock early, running the football in time of possession, and the defense really got after Mr. Herbert yesterday. Yeah, they really did. They sacked him a couple of times. Um, the interception, and it, but it was, but like you said, said it was the rushing. It was you know. Freeman had some big yards. Lamar Jackson, who didn't have a great game, had a couple of interceptions, but you know he kept the ball moving. Also, Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell, each, each, uh, both of them, and Freeman also had a touchdown. So had a touch, rushing touchdown. So, and, and look, they kept look, they kept the Chargers off the field. That's what they did. And you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, has three thirty fifth career win today, passing damn real for the most went from most by a starting QB before turning twenty five. So that that's another uh, stat that's amazing. But uh, yeah, I, I, look, it just got the doors blown off when the Chargers did. I know some people want to say that, oh, because they travel across country, blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, Seattle, Seattle's done it. Los Angeles mm-hmm. did it. Well, Los Angeles won yesterday. They had to come across country, so I think that's just silly. But again, I think you know, the Ravens are kind of like showing you, kind of like crawl, calling their way through, and they're 5-1 and one for a reason. You're listening to Sega City Sports Live and in Living Color. That's Lakina McGee. I'm Sydney Brown. As we now go to the late games from yesterday from the National Football League, it was the Arizona Cardinals 37, the Cleveland Browns 14. Kyler Murray is the first Cardinals quarterback to pass for four touchdowns and no interceptions since Kurt Warder back in 2009. On the flip side, Baker Mayfield had 234 yards passing and two touchdowns while injuring his shoulder. Donovan Peoples-Jones for Cleveland had four catches on 101 yards and two scores. I mean, this is another game. I actually had this game like kind of like on my laptop, you know, in the, in the, in the background as I was watching um, Dallas and Patriots. We'll get to that game in a second, but mm-hmm. uh, but you know, the, the fact that Kyler Murray you know, did this without his QB coach, without his head coach, mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, Arizona was able to do this without like one of their top pass rushers, Chandler Jones, you know, all three of those guys I mentioned, or you know, had to stay out due to due to COVID. But look, I think Arizona show you why they're, they're undefeated. Like they're the best team in the NFL. They're like six and one for the first time since they were all the way there. They were the St. Louis Cardinals. That's how long ago <laughs> it's been back in the early seventies. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the defense, you know, was able to slow them down and because injuries starting to mount for the, uh, the, the Browns, you know, Mayfield has a shoulder injury. It's going to bother him for the rest of the year. Kareem Hunt he's, is an IR because of a calf injury. They're already without Chubb. The wheels are starting to fall off for the Browns. Speaking of the wheels falling off for another AFC team, the Denver Broncos, they lose another home game, this time to the Las Vegas Raiders, 34-24. Of course, John Gruen, as we reported to you guys last week, uh, he's no longer the head coach of the Raiders. I thought that the Raiders would come out um, kind of sluggish, but give an effort, but falter at the end. But they set the tone yesterday. Derek Carr led Las Vegas in passing with 341 yards and two scores. It looks like the Raiders, this is like the Raiders team that we thought we were going to see against the Bears. And yep. I, I think you saw that from the uh, from the word go. They it looks like they you know Rick Versace has these guys. Rich Versace, I should say, has these guys like kind of focused. You know, Derek Carr like the, like the Derek Carr that we know, mm-hmm. and you know also the 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 rushing. You know, Josh Jacobs. You know, Henry Ruggs. You know, th- in the defense looked really good. You know, on the flip side, Denver not so much. You know, Bridgewater had three interceptions, and I think had a, f- a lost fumble mm-hmm. too. So. I think things are starting to kind of, you know, maybe the Raiders are probably for real and the Broncos are like fraud. So, you know, they're back to three and three. So just a, just a fortune for Vic Vangio because he's already on the hot seat there. Oh, and one of the other top games of the day from yesterday, it was the Dallas Cowboys defeating the New England Patriots 35 to 29 in overtime. Dak Prescott, 445 yards pass, including the right half, right calf injury, uh, uh, during uh, during that game, he had three touchdown passes, including the game winner to C.D. Lamb in overtime. Damian Harris had 18 carries for 101 yards and a score for the Patriots. C.D. Lamb, as I mentioned, he had two touchdowns, including the game winner, off 149 yards and nine receptions. Yeah, but on the flip side, though, for the Patriots, you know, Mac Jones, you know, did very well, had two touchdown passes, and you know, he had a reception. But look, he's a rookie. That's what happened. Also, too, Damian Harris, like like they may have found their running back. New England, I mean, rushed for 101 yards and a touchdown. You know, Trayvon, you know, Trayvon Diggs had another had another interception, you know, a pick six. You know, he's in all six games this season. He's tied for the longest winter to begin a season in NFL history with seven picks. He leads the league. And he has no one's done that since Everson Walls. Yeah, go all the way back to 1985. He had nine. Ooh. And I think, you know, Diggs might, he might reach that number. So, you know, just, it was actually in a, a really good game. The Patriots, you know, stay with the the Cowboys as long as they could. But I think the fact that their defense kind of let them down in the end, unfortunately. Yeah, here's a comment from Anthony Price from our, uh, Sports Zone Chicago via the Facebook page. It's time to hang up the Browns. Their season is, is over. If Baker Mayfield is out for any length of time or, or one of their top two running backs, I think it will be time for them to uh, the Browns to hang it up for the season. Baker Mayfield, of course, is still playing for a contract extension. We'll see what happens on that front. Let's go to Sunday Night Football. It was the Steelers. In overtime, 23-20 over Seattle. I didn't watch this game, Lakina, from the beginning. I picked it up in the fourth quarter because I was watching baseball. We'll get to that on the on the other side of this break. But Geno Smith, he didn't do too bad, but he had that costly turnover in overtime. There was a controversy uh, toward the end of, of the regulation there. Uh, with the clock and all that, Pittsburgh yeah. thought they won. And then, of course, uh, number 52 for Seattle, he was severely injured. He had to be uh, carted off and carried to a, a local hospital. Uh, I know NBC didn't like this because Russell Wilson was not there due to injury, but right. they got their money's worth at the end. 
Yeah, they did. Daryl Taylor, that's the guy you're talking about, Sid. But yes. the good news is that he is, he does have moving all the, his ex- extremities and he could be released, you know, tomorrow. So <laughs> that's great news there. Now, as far as all the weirdness that happened after that, I mean, you know, the Steelers start they won, but then no, because of the clock they had with a second left <laughs> and, you know, Gino fumbled the ball and, you know, this and that. It was just like, the whole thing was just weird. I actually, again, I had this game, this game I had also on the background and, also to you know that's my brother calling but uh anyway but uh oh yeah they need they need cam newton bad you know as anthony price said on the comments but uh, look uh, yeah cam said he's vaccinated now so maybe they might give him a call but do you want to if you're cam do you want to come to that situation where knowing that yeah you'll be there for like for two weeks but you know russell wilson will be back maybe like in like what two or three weeks so Mm -hmm. do you really want to come to that situation as for the game itself it was just a (laughs) It was just a cra- look. I had this game in the back. I was I was listening, watching the verses between um, Big Daddy Kane and KRS One. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll, let's yeah. get to that next hour. I, yeah, I, has, yeah. I got a couple thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I do too. I yeah. do too. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it actually been a, a pretty good game. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. I'm sure NBC didn't like the matchup. But I'm sure and they were happy. <laughs> yep, I'm sure they'll be happy later today when the uh, ratings numbers are released. Lakina. Let's take our quick timeout as when we return right here on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Hill Chicago. We'll review the Saturday that was in week seven from college football. We'll get to baseball and some other fun stuff as well before we have our NBA Bulls preview show at the top of next hour. Along with Lakina McGee, I'm Cindy Brown. Stay tuned. You're listening to Second City Sports. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen download the free score app lightning fast update so you never miss a thing it's why the score app is one of north america's most popular sports apps i'm chuck sanders dance the sports flash on the sports zone chicago Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Of course, Lakina is not back yet. She's doing her best Bob Surratt impersonation. She'll be back with us in just a second. We're going into our second half of our first hour, and we're going to do some college football as well, week seven took place last Saturday uh, around the country in the world of college football. Let's start off. First, as Lakina is rushing, as you got caught red-handed. Sorry, folks. <laughs> we'll start off with the top game that was on ABC uh, last Saturday. It was number three Cincinnati over UCF by the score of 56-21. Lakina, were you surprised? I wasn't. No, no, I, no, I wasn't. I mean, I think that was sort of like – there's, really no, there's really nothing you can say about that one. I, I just, just – you know, it, it was just not a, not a very – yeah, it just you just have nothing else you can say. <laughs> well, there's really nothing else you can say. I mean, it was pretty much one side from the word go. I mean, just yeah, there's really nothing else you can say. Move it on, yeah, move it on. I, I yeah. get the clue. Move on. Uh, it was number ten, Michigan State. Uh, they defeated Indiana by the score of twenty to fifteen. To who just made it close at the end, but Michigan State proved to be the better ball club. Shout out Mel Tucker. Yeah, yeah, a nice showing by him as. In Big 12 action, we had number 12, Oklahoma State, the Cowboys. They defeated the Texas Longhorns, who were ranked number, 20, uh, ranked number 25 in the country by the score of 32 to 24. Uh, as I, I, talked about on, I talked about on Friday, usually when you get two Big 12 teams together, the usually scoring uh, happens, uh, shootouts happen, as we had with Oklahoma and Texas a week or so ago. We had it with Oklahoma State and Texas. So Oklahoma State got by Texas by eight points, 32 to 24. In SEC action, it was Auburn over number 17, Arkansas, 38-23. to 23. We talked about this on Friday. Arkansas, they had a hot start to the season, but they're struggling a little bit. Auburn got the best of them on the road. Yeah, they did. And just not a good showing by – just some, just some bad, bad you know, decisions by Arkansas late in that game. So it just <laughs> – there was really nothing else you can say about that one either. <laughs> uh, did you have a comment about Oklahoma and Texas? Oklahoma I, State and Texas. Look. Oklahoma looks really good, I have to say. And Oklahoma State, I should say, looks really good. And look, this was supposed to have been a a rebuild for Mike Gundy and his team, but they've got a. I'm a man. I'm full. <laughs> well, he, well, he's fifty two now. So, well, I'm fifty two. Have my life. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Well, look, if you saw him after the game, you know he was he was getting down. Like he was like, well, I saw that. <laughs> oh my, like, oh my gosh! Well, look, Spencer, look, Spencer Sanders. He was good for fifty two, moving like that. <laughs> yeah, J- look, Jalen Warren had one hundred ninety three yards. Didn't have any touchdowns, touchdown, rushing touchdowns, but he had a he rushed for one hundred ninety three yards, and he kept you know drives moving. You know, Spencer Sanders. Um, you know, had a rushing touchdown. Also, also had a touchdown pass. Their defense actually has looked pretty good. I mean, they kind of slowed. They were able to slow um, Texas down. So they're undefeated. And look, if they stay undefeated within the next few weeks, you know, the bedlam, the battle of the bedlam could be big. So that should be a fun one. Hopefully, you know, they can keep it up. But yeah, look, a great showing by OK State. I think Mike Gunny is making a good case for Coach of the Year. LSU, the Tigers upset number 20, Florida, by the score of 49 to 42. Uh, the big story in this one, Ed Orgeron, uh, the head coach of the Tigers, who won a national championship with that squad a couple years ago. Uh, he, he announced, the news came out that he and LSU will part ways at the end of the season. Lakina, does this come as a shock to you? It did to a few people, many people. Well, if you saw what happened after that news came out, 
apparently he hit on allegedly hit on a woman who actually is the wife of an LSU official. So that might have had something to do with that. I'm not saying it again. You know, this is just you know yeah. a rumor. You know, someone from uh, from the athletic who uh, does a great job covering LSU, uh, LSU athletics. But also to Scott Woodward, who I think he's been the AD. I think he's only been there, I think, like since I think like the spring. So he probably wants to bring in his own guy. So that might be another reason why they agree on a buyout level fish this season. But you know what? On the field, though, um, Terion Price, Davis Price, I should say, recorded a single game record 287 rushing yards. 287 rushing yards. That actually breaks the record that was held by Herschel Walker way back in 1980. So that kept, you know, he was just too much for that Florida defense and you know, Florida has some of their own issues, but yeah. <laughs> Going to big 10 action. It was Minnesota. The golden Gophers get, uh, get by Nebraska 30, 23 Nebraska's uh, losing streak continues. They lost to Michigan a couple weeks ago. And then now they lose to Minnesota. Uh, Scott Frost, uh, they're in big trouble down in Cornhusker land and the Northwestern Wildcats. <laughs> they defeated Rutgers 21 to seven. Of course, they'll be on Fox's big news Saturday next week as they go to the big house to face number eight ranked Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, they were fresh off a bye, so they were able to kind of like, – they actually look fresh when they were off a bye, so I think that was actually bad news for <laughs> Rutgers. But, again, we'll see how they do against Michigan. But Michigan's coming off a bye, too, so I'm not going to say it's going to be a blow. I think Michigan – I know the rest will keep it close, but, again, we'll, we'll talk about that on Friday. But, yeah, yeah, so a nice showing by Pat Fitzgerald and his guys. Uh, let's go to the later games from uh, last Saturday in college football. As you listen to Second City Sports Live in the Living Color, along with Lakita McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Number one, Georgia. They had no problem with the number 11, the Kentucky Wildcats. They dominated the 30-13. Well, I think a lot of people thought that this game was going to be close, that Kentucky you know, I thought would, so too for a while. Would, stay with, um, would stay with Georgia for a little bit. Mm, nah, no, no, that turned out not to be the case. And Look, I think Georgia show you why they're number one in the they're number one in the country for a reason. And look, they're it's they they play the complete look they 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 play the a complete um a complete game. I mean they they just you know dominated Kentucky. Their defense was able to slow that you know Kentucky offense down. Sets and Bennett you know ran you know passed for two hundred thirty yards, hundred yeah two hundred thirty two hundred fifty yards. I should say at three touchdowns. It was actually their defense. Brock Bowers had two touchdown catches, rushed for receive 101 receiving yards. And it was like I said, it was really their defense. You know, they kind of slowed down the Wildcats. So I wasn't surprised that, you know, that Georgia was able to dominate them as, as well as they did. Uh, speaking of another dominating performance, it was number uh, it was number two Iowa, the Hoggers. They were upset by their Big Ten rivals, Purdue, at home, twenty four seven. Purdue really laid the wood on the Hawkeyes. You said weird things always happen in Iowa. It did on Saturday. Purdue, the Boilermakers. Uh, <laughs> oh, they came in, laid the smackdown. The uh, Lakina takeover. I don't want to curse, but yeah, well, yeah, well, Jeff Franz has Iowa's number. He's now four and one. So I don't know. Like, I'm sure people are going to, coach is going to be asking him, like, okay, like, I'm sure Jay Frank is like, where the hell were you a couple weeks ago when I needed to, yeah. like, you know, they've had some injuries and stuff like that. So they've been doing the whole, look, the quarterback is like a two or three QB system there. So there really hasn't been a lot of consistency. You know, A.D. O'Connell had two touchdowns, you know, two jump passes up 375 yards. It was really their defense that kind of slowed down. You know, they, 
you know, they 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 slacked uh, Paris Petrus, I should say, uh, Spencer Petrus, you know, the quarterback from Iowa, four times. And you know, look, Purdue actually they have nine wins versus top AP top two teams when they're unranked. And now they're, they're ranked. They're actually ranked this week also, but they're also the first team to win consecutive games by double digits versus top two teams. Remember, they beat Ohio State. They dominated Ohio State a couple of years ago by twenty nine. So you know, the, look, they they know how to do it against against the top team. So <laughs> this isn't. <laughs> You know, I think, you know, kudos to Matt Barrett from ESPN. He was actually the only person that actually called this. So, you know, Matt, you know, good on you, my friend. In ACC action, it was North, North Carolina over the U, the University of Miami Hurricanes, 45-42. Lakina, I thought that Miami was going to do some great things this year. Of course, the injury to their starting quarterback, De'Ari King, uh, really hurts them. They did put up some points, but it just wasn't enough. And they lost their top running back, too, I just saw for the year. So, it, it doesn't yeah. – yeah. Look, it, it's not looking good for Miami. It's not. It is not looking good for Manny Diaz's job security, unfortunately. So, yeah. you know, he might. He might be getting. He might be getting a pink slip and a link card soon. <laughs> I'm not trying um, to be funny, but it's a, <laughs> it might be right. Oh boy! Uh, back to uh, locally in college football, Northern Illinois, the Huskies defeated Bowling Green 34-26. I believe this improves uh, the Huskies' record now to five and two in the MAC. Yeah, they yeah they've looked really good, and we'll look again. No one's really was was expecting too much from them, like I said from the, this year. But they've been really look. They defeated Akron, who were one of the favorites in the mm-hmm. MAC. You know, they beat Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, of course, this season. So early this season, so yeah, they they looked really good. I mean, the new coaching staff there, they're, they're they're they got them going. So we'll see if they can keep it up. In West Coast football action, and I know Lakina loves this, Colorado shuts out Arizona 34-0. Baylor upsets number 19, BYU 38-24. Yeah, I thought that, yeah, I mean, that, I thought that it was it was a close game, but I, look, I think look, Baylor was actually starting to turn the corner a little bit. They, they, they only lost was to mm-hmm. Oklahoma State. So, you know, this is actually a nice win. You know, another another morale booster. I know with everything that went on with our Bryles and all that stuff. I mean, they definitely mm-hmm. have – a new kind of like a new lease here and look, they've got the recruits and they're starting to kind of, you know, get it together. So kudos to Dave Aranda, who's done a great job at that program. He's actually an Orgeron disciple. So, <laughs> you know, go figure, but he's got those guys playing good so far. South Carolina over Vanderbilt 21, 20 and number five, Alabama, they destroyed Mississippi state. The Bulldogs go down big at home, uh, losing by 40, 49, nine. You didn't want to be the team that actually had to beat, had to play Alabama after them losing. <laughs> you don't want to be that team. And poor Mississippi State, I feel. Oh, Mike Leach. Oh, gosh. I feel sorry. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. Um, UCLA uh, beat uh, Washington 24-17. And uh, they're actually going to be the subject of game day. They're going to be facing Oregon this week. So that should be a fun one, as usually is between those two teams. Also, yeah, the, couple- yeah, yeah, the pressure will be back on Chip Kelly because, like you said, that's a big game. Now everybody's going to be there from ESPN. Yeah, a couple of quick shout-outs to Armani, Armani Rogers from Ohio, the University of Ohio. I'm saying, I'm talking about had a 99 had a 99 yard rushing touchdown pass, which is a rushing touchdown, which is the longest ever by a QB, like all the way back to 1979. And Mark Malone, you know, there's a name for all you Steelers fans who from Arizona State. You know, at the time he had a he had a 98 rushing touchdown against Utah State boy back in 1979 they weren't even in the Pac-10 yet Arizona State so they just they just got into the, you know, the Pac-10 at the time and, and also to uh, Louisiana Monroe I mean if you saw this said if all your gamblers out there they knocked off Liberty I think they were undefeated I believe or they may have only had one loss 
They were Louisville Monroe was a 32 and a half point underdog. That's the largest upset win the game. <laughs> like the, the fifth, I think, like since it's been a while. So if you took the under and you took Louisville Monroe, you had a pretty good Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> liberty, 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 Liberty. Oh, that's Liberty Insurance. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Liberty. I had Wrong to get liberty. that one in there. <laughs> Wrong Liberty, wrong Liberty. <laughs> oh, run, run, run. Liberty, Liberty. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma, Lakina, the number four ranked team, the Sooners, uh, uh, they dominated TCU by the score of 52-31. And number 13, the All-Miss all Running Rebels, they get by Tennessee 31-26. And there was a lot of trash that was thrown on the field afterwards. We saw that said there was like oranges and lemons. <laughs> there was like someone, someone threw a, like a bottle of mustard. And you're like, what the heck is going on? But look, there's no love lost between these two schools. One of my friends, um, he posted something a couple of years back when they were playing men's basketball. Um, the old Miss, they threw some stuff on the field too, on the court too, I should say. So there was like no love lost between these two. And also too, uh, for Ole Miss, this is their first win in Knoxville since 1983. So they, they, they broke a long drought there. Number 22, NC State, they get by Boston College 33-7. to Boston College had a, a 4 and old start to the year. They, they lost their last couple of games. Iowa State gets by Kansas State 33-20. Washington State uh, wins by a field goal 34-31 over Stanford. And Wisconsin gets back on track with a 2014 win over Army. Army kept it close, but, you know, Wisconsin pulled away late. So, you know, a nice sort of morale-boosting win for the Badgers. And wrapping up the college scoreboard from Saturday, number 18, Arizona State. They were upset. My guy, Herb Edwards, they lost to Utah uh, 35-21. And Hawaii, they were blown out by Nevada 34-17. Nevada's actually a pretty good team, so I really wasn't surprised by that. Um, also, to uh, you, the Roadrunners who beat who beat Illinois earlier this year, they're still undefeated. They just pounded out for the Rice Owls, 45-0. So, Roadrunners, beep, beep. Six and oh. <laughs> Seven oh, I should say. Seven oh, I should yeah. say. Beep, beep, it is. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You have any questions or any comments on today's show? Make sure you go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. If you try to do anything stupid or you're trolling, Lakina will politely give you the boot. Bye -bye. And speaking of giving the boot, as we transition over to the League Championship Series in baseball, which series you want to start off with first, the American or the National League? Let's do National since they played yesterday. It was the it was the Atlanta Braves uh, over the Los Angeles Dodgers by a score of five to four. Rosario had the game winning RBI single on the bottom of the ninth. Of course, uh, in the previous game in Game One uh, on Saturday, it was Austin Riley with the game winning hit. Lakina, the Atlanta Braves are up two nothing in this series. Of course, uh, a whole lot of people are bringing it up. It, this is almost the same scenario in a sense. Of course, last year the Braves held a 3-1 series lead in the bubble. Of course, the Dodgers came back to win that series. Of course, went on to defeat Tampa Bay in the World Series. Lakina, with three games starting in Los Angeles tomorrow night for games three, four, and five, uh, do you think it will be the same story for the Dodgers this time, or do you think Atlanta ha will learn their lesson from a year ago? You would hope they would, right? But I think, again, you know, the Dodgers should have – both these games slipped away from the Dodgers. I mean, they had – Chances, you know, Trey, if Trey Turner had like had that ball had not hit just a little bit further, you know, that would have been yeah. that, that would that would have been the go ahead run. They would have been come been brought in for the save situation. Also, too, there was some 
we're like, and I said it before, the bullpen. That's what killed the White Sox, you know, one round earlier. And that's what's happening here. And look, you hope that maybe the Atlanta has you know learned its lesson, but also too, mm -hmm. these these next three games are gonna be in LA. So you gotta think the Dodgers fans are gonna be rocking. So so yeah, all the three, four, and five. So you mm -hmm. gotta think that, that that place is gonna be rocking Dodgers Stadium. So I think they will, you know, win at least two of those games. I don't know if they'll win all three, but I think they will win two of them. And you know, this, this Dodgers team is just way too good and they can kind of feed off the crowd. I know that Jack Peterson, you know, you know, hit hit a home run off Matt Scherzer, but you know, again, let, let's set it all up so that maybe that's not safe. Yeah, speaking of Max Scherzer, I believe he was pulled in the fifth inning last night, and I, I watched uh, Dave Roberts coming out, and I said I think it was a good decision at the time because you, uh, of course, you want to win that day's game. But my takeaway from it was you saving Max Scherzer, Scherzer for at least game four, or perhaps game five, uh, in Los Angeles later on this week. So what did you think about that move last night? Because he wasn't pitching badly. The Dodgers had a 2-0 lead. Of course, the Braves came back to tie it up at 2 last night in game two. But uh, what did you think about Scherzer being pulled, quote-unquote, early there? Yeah, yeah, that that's sort of like the thing. Like, I, I kind of feel like he could have stayed there for another inning. They probably could have gotten another inning out of him. But, again, like I said before, I mean, maybe the, the bullpen, if the bullpen put a little bit more help. But, again, we'll see. All right, let's move over to the American League Championship Series. Of course, last Friday, game one took place in Houston. The Astros came back to defeat the Red Sox by the score of 5-4. to four. And then, of course, this past Saturday, the Red Sox got back at the Astros, taking one game in Houston by the score of 9-5. to five. Rafael Devers and J.D. Martinez both hit grand slams. The Boston Red Sox became the first team in MLB history to, to hit two grand slams in one playoff game. Lakina Chriselle didn't look that great in game one, but Nathan Baldy, as we told you, he's been mm -hmm. the hottest pitcher. He's the hottest pitcher perhaps now in the playoffs. He looked good on Saturday, and it, it helps out to have a great offense behind you. As we told you all year, the Red Sox have been winning thanks to their offense. Yeah, but their bullpen almost blew it for him. You know, so as soon as they, mm -hmm. they, they, they hit those, you know, the Astros hit those home runs, I think he thought, oh, oh, oh that they're, they're starting to rig lovely head with – with the bullpen, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a pivotal. These three games, next three games are pivotal to who gets control of the series. Um, you know, Urquidy, you know, Jose Urquidy up against you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, game that'll be game three. That's tonight, so it'll be interesting to see. Like, if you're the the Astros, you probably want to try and get a, a big lead early so that you don't mm -hmm. have to depend on your bullpen too much. So, I'm wondering, like, you know, how will this all set up? I mean, will JD Martinez will he keep it up? For the Red Sox, you know, can the bullpen kind of like save them when they need to? So I think again, these next three games in Boston are definitely gonna, you know, map out who controls the rest of the series. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Houston wins tonight. They'll lead two to one, but I think the Red Sox will take the next two games in this series. We'll go back to Houston for game six later on this week. So, like you say, Lakina, I we talked about the Red Sox all year. They're led by their offense. And Rafael Devers, he's the best offensive third baseman in the game. If you White Sox fans that are still watching these playoffs, take a look at his statistics. There's where Johan Makata should be at this point in his career. Number two, you mentioned, Lakina, the Red Sox bullpen almost blew it. They've been surprisingly good so far in these playoffs. But like you said, like you said they almost blew it on Saturday. But thank goodness for the offense uh, jumping on that bad starting pitcher from Houston. Uh, during those first two innings in last Saturday's game, too. So we'll see what happens tonight. I have Houston winning tonight, but I think the Red Sox will take the next two games uh, at Fen in Fenway Park to bring it back to Houston for game six. Like I said, I, I have winning in seven, so it's on early on track for it to ha possibly happen. 
Yeah, these both these series are gonna go to distance. I don't see they're not, you know, they're not gonna the Dodgers aren't, aren't not gonna get swept, and I don't think no in the, the AL they're not gonna no one's gonna win in five. I think it's gonna go six. I have the other Astros winning in six. I got the Dodgers winning in six. So my it's still predicted. I know I know Atlanta won the first two, but they they held they have the whole field. They 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 held serve at home. So we'll see how the Dodgers can do. And look like I said before, who's seeing these next three games? Who will take control of that the, the ALCS? Yeah, we'll see what happens as we uh, remind you again. Game three of the American League Championship Series is tonight on FS1 at 7.08 p.m. Central Standard Time. This the Boston Red Sox in the Houston Astros from Fenway Park. This best of seven series is tied at one. The National League Championship Series will resume tomorrow night on TBS. Game three will take place between the Atlanta Braves in the Los Angeles Dodgers as that series shifts over to the West Coast. The Braves lead their best of seven series, two games to none. Lakina, we have a couple of minutes left in our, in our first hour right here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Uh, you had something to say about the verses last night. I, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about it until I was watching some YouTuber last night, and they said and they reminded their uh, viewers about the uh, the rap battle, but the versus rap battle between KRS One from Boogie Down Productions and Big Daddy came, in my opinion, one of the best lyricists mm -hmm. of all time in the rap game. Give your two cents on the battle. Yeah, I mean, this was you know I, I like this battle, and look, I was a little bit you know look, let us remember these guys are well in their fifties. Uh, KRS One is fifty six. Big Daddy King is about like the same age. So, you know, it's it's gonna like it was actually really good. And I think also Big Daddy Kane, who's 53, by the way, showed you why he is one of the top, like you said, so one of the top lyricists ever in hip hop. And this was a great battle. You know, Kara's one, he kept up. I mean, like he has, but I think more people know who Big Daddy Kane is. I was actually telling my petition this. More people know who Big Daddy Kane is, and they know who KRS mm -hmm. One is. Unless you're like a really huge hip hop fan for hip hop fan from the '80s and early '90s, that's when he really was really dominant. Mm -hmm. So, but but look, it was a great battle. You know, Fat Joe. I mean, you know, with, with it, with it made an appearance. So there was a, yeah. a lot of fuss all around. Yeah, a couple of things here. KRS One, my, in my opinion, doesn't get the credit he deserves. He no. was doing the same thing along with Chuck D and Public Game, of course, Public Game, yep. they were more mainstream. Boogie Down Productions weren't, which mm -hmm. is unfortunate, but it does not, I repeat, it does not diminish the work that KRS-One has done uh, and still continues to do uh, throughout his career. Big Daddy Kane, me personally, Keenan, of course, you know, you grew up in a Chicago like I did. Remember WGC, I had a program yes. called Rap Down yes. every Saturday night from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Ramoski Love did the last two hours. He's still doing radio here in the city. And then, but in the first two hours, you had Frankie J., and the late Disco Dave. Um, Big Daddy Kane's records always got played on that show every Saturday night. I got introduced to him via the radio when he teamed up with Teddy Riley. He had Smooth Operator, and then uh, I Work, and he had a couple other hits. That's when he was doing R and uh, rapping over R&B beats at the time. But I'm glad he did a couple of those songs. He did uh, The Symphony from Marley Marl, uh, if you remember that hit back in 87, and he did Raw as well. Like I said, Big Daddy Kane still has it. KRS One still has it as well, but I was introduced to Big Daddy Kane when he started getting uh, mainstream love on the radio back in '89 into '90. Of course, uh, he uh, Big Daddy Kane went on to a bigger success, but it was nice to see two black men. Uh, as uh, KRS One said it uh, poetically last night, we'll keep the language clean here. He said, "We talk a lot of stuff, and we have mutual respect for each other, but I still got love for you. You, my brother." And Big Daddy Kane said the same thing. It was nice to see two. Humble, successful black men have mutual respect for each other. 
this wasn't fake. This was real. Both of them went at it in a respectful way. And someone said in the comments last night, hip hop won the battle last night. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that people got the chance to see why, you know, these two men, especially, like you said, Kara as well, should have been a, a bigger success, but, mm -hmm. you know, mainstream, but, you know, he wasn't, unfortunately, but he, he still has a following. Same thing, you know, Big Daddy Kane was really the one that had, like, the big commercial success, you know, yes. was nominated for, for a couple of Grammys, so it was really just, just an, an amazing, you know, a great versus, and I think another great versus in the books. So I can't wait to see who else they get. <laughs> yes. Also in the books is our number one of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Our number two is straight ahead with our Bulls NBA preview power hour. We have an illustrious panel that's going to join us for the entire hour to break down the Bulls first and then break down the NBA in the second half. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. Stay tuned. Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago will return after this. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen download the free score app lightning fast update so you never miss a thing it's why the score app is one of north america's most popular sports apps i'm chuck sanders dance the sports flash on the sports zone chicago Bluestar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to our second second half of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. And welcome to our special 21-22 NBA slash Chicago Bulls special uh, preview power hour. We're going to preview the upcoming season for both the Chicago Bulls and the rest of the NBA. We have an illustrious panel. If you've been following us on our podcast throughout the past year or so, you know that 
We're going to uh, bring you the best and break everything down from front to back, from side to side, everything else in between. And if you want to comment for uh, on any of our topics uh, during this Power Hour, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your comments and questions there in the comments section. We're going to get them up on the screen for you. If you decide to troll or do anything stupid, Lakina will politely give you the boot. Okay. <laughs> and speaking of our illustrious panel, let's introduce them to you guys as we break down the Bulls in the NBA. First up, he's from War Media, senior columnist. He covers everything, basketball, football, everything. Uh, he's, uh, I call him the, the next Tony Gill, but he's his own man making his mark in this business. You better watch out for him because he's coming with the straight heat. He's Mr. Mr. Joshua M. His Josh. Welcome to the show. How are you? Glad to be back. Hope everybody's doing well. All right. Next up, she's back at NBC Sports Ooh. Chicago. She's the only Miami Heat fan left in the city of Chicago, according <laughs> to the census. She also does a great job for five reasons. Sports, she's the, she's the queen over there, and she's everywhere. She's our girl, Miss Alana Takauer. Alana, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, finally tip off the season. I feel like we've waited a long time. Yeah, so I couldn't agree with you more. One one quick question, Alana. Uh, for those of you that listen to uh, us exclusively on our uh, on our audio version, you're not wearing any Miami Heat gear today. I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> I just, I need to, it's a slow roll, right? Like we're not tipping off till Thursday. So plus I have the decal on my car all the time. So I'm always repping. Okay. <laughs> all right. And last but definitely not least, it's been a while, but he is now back. Stand up Bulls Nation. He's the president of Bulls Nation. There's nothing he could do about that. Me and Lakina won our 50%. By the way, we print up those t-shirts. Uh, he's from the Locked on Bulls uh, podcast. You can uh, listen to that uh, along with our good friend, Mr. Big Dave Watson. You can download the Locked on Bulls podcast wherever you get your podcast. He's a fan favorite. I know he's going to make his campaign uh, stops back at the United <laughs> Center coming this fall and winter. He's our good friend, Mr. Matt Pat. Matt, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Sid, Lakina, Josh. Good to see y'all. Hey, uh, Alana, I'm in a great mood today because uh, yesterday I watched Candace Parker do what your boy D-Wade couldn't do, and that was come back to her hometown team <laughs> oh, and win them a championship. I was oh, wondering uh... how you were going to throw a dig at me. I was like, there's going to be something here. I didn't think it was going to go that way, but you know what? Yeah. It. Candace, Candace wins chips for her hometown team. She doesn't just steal their money. Um, but yeah, good to be with y'all. Yeah, be, uh, <laughs> match is still our thunder, but this is what we do here, folks. So, uh, uh, once again, if you have any comments or questions about the Bulls in the NBA the, during this hour, uh, go to Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comment section. Like, you know, we'll get them up on the screen for you. And speaking of the Chicago Sky, before we get started, we like to congratulate them on winning the WNBA championship for 2021. They defeated the Phoenix Mercury in four games. Candace Parker, as Matt mentioned, um, brought the help the sky bring the championship home to chicago we just want to get you guys' quick thoughts josh we'll start with you on the sky winning the championship yesterday oh it's a beautiful thing championships are back in the city um <laughs> i think i've read a, a stat where this is the first professional championship chicago has seen pretty much since maybe the cubs uh mm -hmm. winning the world yeah, series it's so been a while. It's been a, so it's been a while for Chicago to celebrate uh, victories like this. But, you know, Candace Parker came in and did her thing. So she's definitely uh, a Chicago GOAT and legend. And on top of it, for me personally, I got to give a shout out to Quigley because, you know, DePaul's in the building. Mm -hmm. So I got to yes. give a yeah. shout out to DePaul. Yes. Um, 
DePaul alum and Allie Quickly for coming up big in game four with the huge plus three-point jump shots, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, to help keep the team afloat before uh, Candace Parker, Stephanie Dolson, and um, Snoop, uh, the Steve Nash of the WNBA, you know, sealed the deal for mm-hmm. us. So um, I'm just happy for the team, happy for the city, happy for Candace to accomplish a huge goal that not many people are able to do. Um, and, you know, Chicago's back on the map when it comes to uh, winning success. So to be able to do it with stars like what we have and the team that we have, hey, sky's the limit. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Alana? I'm just so happy to see Big Dave that I'm totally thrown up. You know what? I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Like, <laughs> we love to see it. Like, the city did something awesome. Um, I, I will admit I fully got teary-eyed when Candace was hugging um, her daughter. So it's just – it's it's great for the city. It's great for them. Um, and it's cool that the WNBA has been as recognized as they have over the these past few seasons. It's about damn time. Let's welcome in the final member of our esteemed panel, Mr. Big Dave Watson, the other co-host of the Lot Don't Bulls podcast. So he's a good friend of the show. Big, Big Dave, how you doing, man? Welcome back. First of all, I like the funk you're putting in your voice when you're saying my name right now. I like that. Right? <laughs> I was so you love. That's what, I'm that's, feeling that's what that. Do. That's what we I'm do. feeling that. But good, good to see everybody. Lakina, Joshua, Lana, Matt. <laughs> I just, just spent wonderful time. a podcast with you. I know. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, you guys record, record yeah. just as you know, I just finished the show and I told, I was like, no, nah, man, I got to do something at one. We never even discussed that we were doing this show. I was like, no, nah, I got to do a show at one. I got to do another show at one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is actually the first time that they, we've had them separately. This is like the first time the two of them have been together in this, yeah. <laughs> this is setup. So <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. So uh, now what do you think about the sky winning and what this does, hopefully for like the growth of the WNBA? Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully it, it is great growth for the WNBA. That that was a weird thing to see uh, in the aftermath is that the Mercury Sky players, you know, declined meeting with the media. Yeah. I, I like, I don't know if we'll ever get the full story on why they did that. I thought that was, you know, uh, too bad because you're trying to grow this game. And, you know, I, I think we're probably going to see that that these WNBA finals with Candace Parker, with all these stars, you know, the go Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner on the other team. Like there were a lot of, fun star players and stories but the basketball was so well played that the ratings are probably good so I was like you're, you're trying to build up your game right now it was you know of course it, it's always hard to face the media when you come out on the losing side of a finals but you know that that put a little damper on it for me but as far as what this guy did uh you know somebody else mentioned it uh Vandersloot just like anytime they needed a calm level-headed smart possession whether she got to the rim herself or found a good look for her teammates it was huge and then you know you can't say underrated because she won finals MVP, yeah. but Kalia yeah. Copper, my goodness. I mean, th- like anytime they needed a big, like momentum swinging play, like maybe the game was getting away from them. She came up with a big offensive board and a putback or any anytime they needed a big play. Copper was there. She was everywhere. She was, she was Roy Kent out there. It was awesome. Dave. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I echo what Matt just said. I mean, Copper is the one. Who, who changed everything for me as, as far as how I viewed the sky. Because going in, you know, if you're just on the outside looking in, you're like, oh, it's Candace Parker. Oh, it's Candace Parker. You're focused on Candace Parker. She's from the hometown. You know, she's got to bring the championship back. Obviously, she's a little older, but obviously it's about Candace Parker. And from the minute you see Copper out there, from the minute of the when the playoffs started, you were like, yo, who is this? Like, she was absolutely incredible. The athleticism 
was off the charts and the goon nature of it. Y'all know I love a goon. The goon nature of her was was insane. Like she was taking, when she was going at Britney Griner, I'm like, yeah, she does not care. <laughs> like she didn't care about anybody or anything. But to combine that with the actual skill that, that she possesses, man, is what makes her special. Uh, Vandersloot, again, another one from the, from the jump of the playoffs and how they began. You saw the record she set for the assist. Uh, in the playoffs, man. It was amazing what she did out there. And her wife, Quigley, came to play also in the final game as well. Hit some huge buckets uh, for the Chicago Sky. I was more impressed. After game, after they lost that game in Phoenix, I, I remember texting Matt and John in, in our text chain. I said, you know what? The Sky are going to win this series. Like, I knew it from, from that point on. You could see it, that that was their series. I'm like, if that's the best punch that that Phoenix can give right there. And the sky, I mean, they took that punch and took them to overtime. They had no business going to overtime with how they were playing in that game. And they had a chance to win it. I'm like, if they took that punch from them, their home floor, and they still got you to overtime and they almost won that game, this series is over. Like you saw it then. I'm like, this series is a wrap, man. And you saw it from the minute they came back to Chicago. They had no intentions of going back to Phoenix, man. So it was beautiful. I loved it. It's great for the city, man, and it's it definitely great for the WNBA as well. I remember Copper learned some of that from you know Coach C. Vivian Stringer. Also, she's a Philly girl at Rutgers. Also, she's a Philly, Philly girl too. Yeah. So she taught. Yep, she, sure she, you know, she, <laughs> she showed a lot of that. <laughs> she showed a lot at, of that. Uh, the other that picture here. of her like like leaning over Sophie Cunningham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like, saw that. Hang that in the Louvre like that. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> like AI stepping over Ty Lu vibes. I loved it. That's going to be the most probably one of the most iconic sports, you know, photos probably ever. So let's let's you know, let's get to the NBA for a second. Of course, we'll start with Bulls first. What is what do you think is the Bulls ceiling? You know, they've made you know numerous you know acquisitions. We talked about it. We've all talked about you guys. We talked about your uh, respective platforms. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. Where, where is the Bulls, Celia? Where can they finish in the East? I mean, I would say that their absolute ceiling is somewhere three or four. If everything goes well, if the team gels immediately, if the additions of Caruso and, and Lonzo and some of these other pieces, Alizé, Derek Jones, give them not the, the size but the length on defense and they're a better defensive team than a lot of people expect, and maybe some of those other teams that are fighting for – you know, spots three and four, assuming Milwaukee and Brooklyn go one, two, Philly, Boston, Atlanta, the Knicks, maybe one or two of those teams take a step back, um, you know, third or fourth seed and maybe the second round. I think that, that that's what I would call the ceiling for the Bulls this season. Josh. I concur, my brother, because at the end of the day, we have been overlooked throughout the whole offseason in these rankings. It is ridiculous. Yes. Right. So we just need to put that out there. But they showed it in the preseason what, what the capability of it really can be. Even though they the stars didn't play tons of minutes or big minutes, you saw that there is a potential that this big three that we have in Chicago now with the Rose and Levine and Vucevic can work along with the additions of the point guard in Lonzo Ball that from a distribution and offensive perspective is great, but the, but Matt hit it on the head. The defense is actually has improved already just from last year from the perimeter perspective. When you talk about Caruso and Lonzo Ball and what they bring to the table, it's a matter of getting them all to jail. Especially since in the preseason, Kobe White was out. Patrick Williams only played one game, right? So they're trying to get back to the swing of things of what the full roster can be. But that three four ceiling in the playoffs, especially if the defense is right, I'm not too worried about the offense. But if the defense mm -hmm. is right, oh yeah, three or four, 
definitely second round in the playoffs. And depending on how these other teams play, potentially further. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Dave? Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think Matt hit it on the head there. For me, the ceiling for me is the three seed. Um, I love the fact that, you know, the play-in game is just the bare minimum for a team, this team, whereas it was the goal, you know what I'm saying, the L last year. Um, now the play-in, I'm talking about, if they get the play-in, y'all, I'm come, I'll be yelling on anything that I can get on <laughs> in front of a microphone. <laughs> I'm going to be snapping <laughs> off. Matt, please be ready. I'm going to be snapping <laughs> off if they have to go into a playing game, man. Can't but, prepare for that. <laughs> <laughs> but man, um, I have them, I have them at a six seed. But as far as ceiling is concerned, yeah, three seed, man. That starting five, I will put up against whoever you got uh in the east. Obviously, you know, you got your Nets and, and you got your Milwaukee Bucks. But after that, you know, I'll put it up against anybody, you know what I mean, who who won it. Um, I love the fact everybody, yeah, their defense is definitely improved. There's no doubt about that. Their defense is going to improve. You got Lonzo out there. You got Caruso out there. And the IQ of the overall team has improved, which means your defense is going to improve because of that reason. But I know everybody talks about the offense, but my God, the offense, the way they are going to do the variety of ways they can score. Any way you want it, you can get it that way. I promise you. They will give it to you anyway. You saw it in these preseason games. When they wanted to give it to you inside, wow, Vooch in the post all day long. He and Lonzo running pick and pops, pick and rolls. It was easy. Zach wanted to take over. You saw that in the Memphis game in the fourth quarter. Zach said, I'm going to take over. Ended up with 30 points. It was amazing to watch. Gave DeRozan his time to take over. Okay, bet. Let me just run it. Let me run my mid-range game. Let me hit you with these spins. Let me let you walk away with these buckets. When Lonzo Ball wanted to get in, you saw what happened against New Orleans. His three-point shot was on fire. It was amazing to watch that game. And even just in the little bit we saw Patrick Williams, you saw exactly how he is going to impact them on the offensive end. Because when those guys who are all penetrators, who all like to drive and and, and get to the bucket, but they're all great passers out of that. And you saw that with Lonzo when that drive and that kick, the two threes he hit were driving kicks from Lonzo. And he was wide open for those rainbow threes, man. So that offense, they can give it to you any kind of way. And the bench is great, you know, led by Caruso. And we still haven't seen Kobe White. You know he's going to improve uh, the offense on the bench. You know that's going to be a big deal when he gets back as well. So, yeah, man, this Bulls team is ready. I'm ready. If y'all think I got joy now all the time, it's about to be out of control. I promise you. It's about to be OC. My God. Alana? <laughs> yeah, Alana. Yeah, Alana. All right. Y'all are wilding. Come on, uh, y'all are wilding. Y'all aren't hitting three because that's Miami's spot. I do have uh-huh. the Bulls in fifth. <laughs> and I feel like they're going to – I I have them in fifth, but I think they could take fourth. Philly's dumpster fire right now, and that's the only person I'd really have in front of them. Atlanta scares me a little bit for the Bulls, too. Um, I said this on another pod that I, I don't think has come out yet yesterday, um, but – Atlanta, to me, I hope for the best for them, but there's something about them that I feel like they just got, not lucky, but they capitalized mm-hmm. off of last year. I just don't know if it's going to be as sustainable. I love Trey Young. I think it's a great, like, young core, um, but I just don't have as much faith in them. So, I don't know. I'm putting the Bulls fifth, maybe fourth. Um, the offense is crazy fun to watch. And I think you can tell they're having fun, which is the first time I think we could say that in years. Uh, And I think that's going to make a huge difference. Caruso is already proving that he's more than just, 
you know, what meets the eye, I think his defense is going to be killer. Uh, I think they needed someone to kind of light up that second unit to your point, Dave, we haven't even seen Kobe white. Um, and so I just, to me, I'm super excited. I think they're going to go far. I'm just a little hesitant because the bulls have a just history of not performing as well as they could. And that has nothing to do necessarily with the players, uh, or the roster and the way that it's constructed. I'm just, I'm cautiously optimistic, but they look great already. The pace is crazy. I think the fact that Lonzo is going back to a traditional point guard is going to make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sid? I appreciate that. Yeah, as, as, I said all, as I said all summer, Lakina, the, the Bulls, their ceiling for me is between 45 and 48 wins. If they win 50 or more, so be it. I'll be happy as a fan. But I think 48 wins is, is the ceiling for this Bulls team. I'm with you guys. I'm cautiously optimistic. It's just a couple of things. Uh, how how soon can uh, DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine, how well will they gel together? How soon will that process be? And I know there's talk about Zach Levine being MVP. I'm not so sure about that. Several of y'all want that to happen. I don't know how realistic that is, but I want to see how this team performs on the defensive end, especially with now Daniel Tice, as we talked about before. He's no longer on the team. Who's going to bring that defensive energy off the bench to block shots or rebound? Hmm. Well, I think for me, I think, look, as long as they stay away from the play-in game, I'm kind of like at that same, but I think they're good <laughs> enough to be at least a fifth seed now. Yeah. Stay you know, out of seven. Stay just out stay, of seven. Yeah. That's the chance yeah. at the UC. <laughs> yeah, about, yeah, I think that the, as long as they get out, don't they, they get away from the, the play and I think they're fine. I, I think, look, the fifth, like, they, they, they really they could be a, a four to a six seed. If they can make, make a three seed, great. You know, they're, not, they're not there to be a two, but I feel like the ceiling, I think, is going to be a three or a four. That's my ceiling for them. Yeah, that, that should that should be a whole lot of fun with the Bulls. You're listening to our Sega City Sports NBA slash Bulls preview special. Josh Hicks, Alana Takauer, Matt Peck, and Big Dave Watson joining us along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. If you have a question or a comment for our panel, make sure you go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up and running for, for you. Guys, let's stay with the Bulls. And Matt, I'll start with you first. Uh, Zach Levine, of course, he did a great job at the Olympics this summer, bringing home the gold for the USA basketball team. Some people talk about his leadership qualities. Do you think he's going to be a, a, a good leader uh, for this Bulls basketball team uh, in the locker room, or will it be somebody else? Who's the real uh, leader in that in that locker room for this Bulls team? Well, you know, I think not Not to uh, park it back to that awful leadership committee phrase that Bulls fans like shivered at a few years ago. I think that there are a lot of guys on this team who can lead and some more vocally and some by example. Um, you saw a great example of the way that Alex Caruso is going to be a leader, especially on the defensive end in that open practice video that the Bulls put up on their YouTube yes. channel from last week. Love to see that. And you saw the way that Caruso made a difference in their final preseason game um, on the defensive end. You've seen, you saw him make a difference in all of their preseason games on the defensive end. But Zach Levine, when he was asked a bunch of different questions on media day, he said the word leadership and or lead countless times, dozens of times. Mm-hmm. For him, this season is about two things. He got that individual accolade finally last year, earning all-star because guess what? He had no help and his stats were amazing. He was wildly efficient <laughs> on offense. This season, he cares about two things, the team winning and being a better leader. Uh, and, and Big Dave, I think, was it you who had the tweet of that shot of him 
whispering in the ear of Patrick Williams near the yeah, end of their yeah. final preseason game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. There, there's yeah. another example for you right there. Yeah, he doesn't have as much experience as, say, DeMar DeRozan. Certainly not the playoff experience of DeMar DeRozan. It doesn't matter. I think everybody knows that this is Zach Levine's team. And in its eighth season, he's gotten enough respect from his teammates and the league that he can be a very good leader this year. Josh? Yeah, I agree. But that's the best thing about this potential experience with this season, right? The fact that he, as he grows to be a leader, he has the right people around him in that circle that can help aid that leadership. Mm-hmm. We have a DeMar DeRozan who has been up and down throughout all his career as far as success, and not just in being an all-star, but also in being on deep playoff ran teams during this time as Toronto. And he played for an organization in San Antonio where they are key in leadership. They are key in the fundamentals. They are key in how things operate from a function perspective and around the team. You have um, other people like Caruso who came from a championship winning organization under LeBron James that he, he has and, and the leadership over there. All that experience and exposure along with the fact that you already have Billy Donovan and Mo Cheeks and that, uh, and that coaching staff that, that is known for their leadership mm-hmm. with any other teams that they've been coaching with. It's all there. And, he, and all he has to do is just soak it in. And combining that with his Olympic experience, playing under uh, Greg Popovich, playing with Kevin Durant, and the superstars that uh, that be in this league, it, the sky's the limit where he just has to take that extra step, just take that mm-hmm. extra trajectory. And the Bulls have set a perfect platform for him to take that extra step this year. Will he take it? That's the key. But that is something that we cannot overlook is the fact that the, the Bulls literally gave him not just the talent, but the platform mm-hmm. now with the experience uh, around him to be the leader that he, not just he wants to be, but the team expects him to be. Alana? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. This is Zach's team, um, and I think the leadership will translate. I also, though, you know, to everyone's point, think that he is open to learning. He's not a selfish guy at all, both on or off the court. Um, And I think, you know, having DeMar there, for example, is going to be huge for him. Um, He is a veteran. He His basketball IQ is through the roof. I think someone like Alex Caruso also adds that too. Um, So I don't think there's any question about it being his team and the fact that it does kind of rest on his shoulders, but with input from other guys. And I think that's so important because a lot of times ego gets in the way. Um, especially when you have, you know, a, a newly built roster with a lot of new names. So I am excited to see, you know, how he soaks that all in both on and off the court, but I'm also excited to see him step up. Dave. Yeah. You know, it's, it's Zach to answer the question. Yes. Zach, Zach Ravine is your leader and you can see it because look at the players who came over here. What did they say? Mm-hmm. They kept saying we came here to play with Zach Levine. That's what Lonzo said. That's what DeMar said. Vucci said it like these guys are here because of Zach Levine. So they know what they saw and they wanted to be a part of that. Zach has always like, like Matt said, I mean, that's all he talked about was growing as a leader, going to team USA and seeing how it's done because you're around the best in the world and seeing how it's done as far as leadership is concerned. This is why I love so much that he was around Kevin Durant so much because he is a leader. Kevin Durant is a leader, seeing how he did it and watching it and watching how it was done with him and Tatum and those other guys. All he's going to do is soak that in and bring that back. And why I love so much that picture of him talking to Patrick Williams is because that relationship was set in Team USA because Patrick Williams was also on that team in Team USA. So they were going out to dinners. They were having those conversations. So he learned how to speak to him. He learned how, you know, what what he can say to him and what he can't say to him and how he can say certain things. 
And getting it from Billy Donovan, who is just known to be a player's coach and known to be a great leader, it's an amazing thing. Like, you know, you know how they say you like there's a million ways to be a be a good parent. Well, there's a million ways to be a good leader, too. Like, there's no one way. You don't have to just be the guy that's yelling, you know, or you don't, some guys are just quiet. You know what I mean? Like, there's a million different ways to do it. The great thing with this Bulls team is everybody who is like your best players all have the potential to be a leader. All of them. And to be a good leader. DeMar has, you saw DeMar be a leader before. You know, Vooch can definitely be one. You know, Lonzo has that potential as well. Caruso, he continues to show you that he can be that kind of guy as well. And then Patrick Williams, because I know he wants to grow into that. So he wants to become that kind of player. You know what I'm saying? That is also a leader that, you know, can talk to the young guys. I saw that in the summer league with Patrick Williams. Those guys were following him and he was the one setting the tone and he was the one following him and he was the one taking them out to dinners and he was the one having those conversations with them. So you're seeing it from this entire Bulls team. But at the end of the day, absolutely, it's going to start and end with Zach. Well, I think we've seen the you know, Zach's growth and I don't want to say maturity because he was always pretty mature, even though he always played one year in college, but the maturity was there and we we're kind of seeing it kind of evolved. And it, like, like you guys all said, with all the examples, you know, him pl- playing on Team USA and seeing, you know, the veterans like, you know, you know, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green to kind of like help, you know, kind of guide him. And I think, look, this season, this Bulls team, I think you have every other player is going to be a leader. You got to think, you know, Vu's just going to have his turn being a leader. DeRose is going to have his turn being a leader. Uh, maybe even Patrick Williams, you know, on, on the bench. And also, too, Alex Caruso, too. We saw what we did, kind of did the same thing when he was in the, with the Lakers. So I think, you know, there's going to be, like, different leaders. But you kind of said, this is this is Zach Zine. No, no, no question about it. All right. So what about uh, rookie Io DeSumo? We're all, we saw it a little bit mm-hmm. in the preseason. So what do you think? Especially, looks like Patrick was might, he, he might be in a little bit of a, a minutes uh, restriction. So what do you think about Io's vision, vision on this team for this year? Uh, I'll start with Josh this time. I think for him, he's just it's just fitting into his role because of the fact that as a guard, you're already stacked now from the guard position on this team. So time is already going to be limited. But what you do with your time is what's going to keep you on the floor and keep you on the roster from an interest perspective when you, when you need it the most. Can they count on you for what they want you to do? I think that's going to be the biggest thing for Io is finding what role that is on this team because he is already a polished gamer that can do more than multiple things on not just offensive but defensively he is a technically a ready now player that was drafted so therefore the with the bulls having that at their luxury on top of all the talent that they just acquired this offseason he may not see a lot of time on the court but if he can hit the open shot when necessary if he can limit turnovers if he can be good defensively sound defensively be at the right place at the right time. If you can keep an offense, an offense flowing by moving the ball around, those little things add up a lot down the line, especially from a long 82, you know, 82 game season where injuries pile up and you don't and you know rosters change. He can eventually emerge into that big more of a bigger role over time. But right now he has to figure out what that role really looks like. And I think mm-hmm. he's gonna, you know, kind of struggle with it a little bit in the beginning. But once he finds that, I think he'll be just fine. Alana? My favorite part about him so far is the chip he has on his shoulder. And I think people underestimate that because I think that's so important, especially for a rookie that really wants to prove his worth in the league, but especially, you know, on a team that is now 
giving so many people so much hope. Um, I feel like he came in the perfect time. And I think that, you know, it is going to take time. He's young and he, he needs to learn, um, you know, he needs to learn the system. He needs to kind of fit into the culture, but you can already tell he's all the way bought in. He wants to make a difference regardless of what his role is going to be. Uh, and I think Bulls fans should be super excited. I also think he's the type of guy who wants to learn and he has so much talent around him that can help him do that. Matt. Yeah, I mean, just piggybacking off what Alana just said as far as uh, teammates helping him learn, that was something that I thought he said at Media Day that was interesting as far as, you know, his expectations for this season. He said, well, you know, realistically, as a rookie, I don't have as many expectations on my shoulders as, as my, my teammates do. So my biggest goal for this season is to just learn and soak up as much information as I can. Um, so I, I love to hear that from him uh, because you heard similar things about Patrick Williams. So, you know, you hope that that younger core of Bulls who maybe if if and when DeMar and Vooch kind of phase out and like, okay, maybe Zach's still here and Zach's your guy, can Io and Patrick become those guys who mature quickly and maybe are even contributors before you have to pay them monstrous contracts. That's how NBA teams can, you know, get sneaky good these days. Mm -hmm. But the other thing to me that I've, I've seen from Io he looked a little herky-jerky in those summer league performances, but whatever, I mean, maybe it was training camp, just getting to know his team and his role and feeling settled. And that third preseason game against Cleveland in the fourth quarter, like, yeah, it's just preseason, but that dude was fearless. And he had back-to-back -back ISO buckets. One of them, like a little crossover, hit a floater in the lane. Another one, he's driving right, goes high off the glass, like over, you know, was it over Taco Fall? Like, legit over like yeah, a second and a half yeah, quarter. Yeah, and you're like, oh, like this, this kid... I don't care that I'm a second round rookie, like fearless. I, oh, do we need yeah. a couple of buckets late in this game? Is everybody else kind of struggling to score the ball right now? Give me the ball. I'll win us the game. And he did. That was awesome to see. Yeah. <laughs> Dave? You know, I, what I like about, like Alana mentioned, and Alana's saying this stuff because she want him to come to the heat. Don't don't get twisted by that. Don't get twisted. <laughs> I don't always have an agenda. But here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I gotta, I gotta watch you. We're gonna come to the heat. I gotta watch. I gotta. Watch. Oh, but what I like, like she mentioned the chip on his shoulder because that was one of the things he said when he came in was there are not set 37 players better than me because he was drafted 38. He was like, there's not 37 better than me. So he came in with that chip and that idea. And of course, you know, he's from Chicago. So he comes in already. You already know where he is mentally, okay? So, and the other thing I like about him, and the players have said this about him, the questions that he asked. Zach said he's never been around a, a young player that asks more questions than Ayo. He was like, he is always asking questions all the time. That's all, uh, Vooch has said it, Damar has said it, Lonzo has said it. They say he's always asking questions every single time. He, if, if, when guys have that first guy in, last guy out mentality, he has that mentality because when when guys are thinking they're the last one out, well, guess what? You're going to be shooting with Io because he's not leaving until you leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he has, that, he has that kind of basketball crazy that I like. And he like, like Matt said, man, he is not scared. He is so fearless out there. But it's not fearless to the point where it's reckless. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a real like controlled chaos in how he plays, especially on the defensive end. Um, he has so many plays I can point to in the preseason where his steals just ignited so many things or, you know, his deflections or just getting his hands up or how he knew where to be on the double team. I was watching little stuff. I love little things players do within the game. He was doing something on the break they, that uh, in the last game when he got the steal and got it to Caruso. And when they got it to Stanley Johnson, 
I was watching Io run right alongside with Caruso, but he noticed Stanley Johnson was running ahead. He stopped and he moved over to, and he started going over to the baseline to give that space for that pass to be allowed to be thrown. So he can give that space to Alizé to make that move and get that layup. That's that little stuff right there that rookies are doing. He's a rookie and he's doing that little kind of thing right there. So that's what made me excited about him. You're right. He'll definitely have to find, uh, I don't know where the playing time will come from, but I think he'll get an opportunity while Kobe is out to get into the game, you know, in situations because they got an ill schedule to start the season. So they're going to need all hands on deck and they're going to need some defense. And hopefully he can provide that uh, for the Bulls. Said. I agree with Dave and Josh. Of course, the, the playing time for uh, DeSumo is going to be valuable because uh, Kobe White uh, is going to start off the season on the injury list. But what he does with his time is very important. Let's not forget, guys, unlike Derrick Rose a, de a decade ago, all the pressure is not on DeSumo to carry this mm. franchise. So he's going to be comfortable in that role as a role player, uh, getting this extra time. It's going to help him out in the long run. And when Kobe White comes back, wherever DeSumo's role is, hopefully he's going to be comfortable in that role. He's going to contribute to this team in a mighty long way. Totally That's agree. Uh, let's talk about the NBA, whole, the NBA as a whole for a second. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. Do you think mm. it's championship or bust for either the Lakers or the Nets? Oh, yeah, <laughs> but definitely for both of those seasons, it's championship or both. Bust, but I think more so uh, the Lakers because I don't want to call it an excuse, but if the Nets don't, you know, make it in, they they have a reason that they can actually point to. You know what I'm saying? And say, oh, we weren't, we didn't have our full, you know, team out here. The Lakers, you know, they went and got, you know, the Temptations from the 80s. Like, they are <laughs> <laughs> her like, like a lady. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like everybody went to their feet. You know what I mean? Everybody did my girl. And, you know what I'm saying? Papa was the rolling stuff. Now they in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? With the 80s. Yes. You can't do the splits. You can't do the splits and stuff the same way. You know what I mean? They still are great performing. You know what I mean? But they can't do the same thing. But you can't it's, You can't count out a team that has LeBron James. You just can't do it. You, you can't count that team out. You have to see it first. You know what I mean? Before you can really believe it. It's just like last year. They didn't have, you know, the team that they had this year. But the guy was like, no, they're going to the finals. Like, you still thought they were going because they had LeBron James. So you have to kind of see that first happen. But it is definitely championship or bust for that team, man. You cannot stack your team with all those guys, especially when you Melo, Westbrook, uh, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Malik Monk, so on and so on. Like, Kendrick Nunn. Um, you get all these guys on your team who are all championship hungry, you know what I'm saying, who want to win that title. It is definitely championship of bus because and it's LA. So it's definitely championship yeah. of bus for the Los Angeles Lakers for sure. Matt. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that notion when it comes to the Lakers. Like mm. no, the Lakers should never have a championship or bust season ever again. You know why? What? Because they're the Lakers and they're gonna make money anyway, and they already have a zillion titles. Nobody Come on, cares. Man. Nobody Come cares. On, man. Oh, oh, the Lakers, they really need another title. It's championship or bust. No, no, because guess what? LeBron. Le like the only reason you might have to worry is, oh, LeBron's not happy. He might leave. LeBron's staying with the Lakers until he retires. Plain and simple. He's there. His business is set up in L.A. It is the franchise he's wanted to play for. LeBron's not going anywhere. So if this ragtag group of aging clowns around him don't win the title, big whoop, who cares? 
You're still going to pack the Staples Center every night. They're still going to print money, and LeBron's not going to leave. So how do you call that championship or bust? Brooklyn, meanwhile. I forget how hard Matt goes. Like it all just like I forget that this is what never forget. I know. Like what's wrong with me? Why would I expect anything different? Andy not finished. Andy not finished. Oh, yeah, he's not done. There's more. Sorry, Wait, there's you, more. Go ahead, would Matt. You, would you like? Would you like? To, would you like me to offer my takes like this? Am I? Am I, <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you, you. I just I need to remind myself what that looks like. So the other team that the, the other team that we're talking about, Brooklyn, they're still trying to convince people in the NBA that they're a real franchise. Like nobody cares about the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie and Kevin Durant picked them over the Knicks, and people still have not cared about the Brooklyn Nets uh, because the Knicks are the New York team and they always will be until the Nets prove that they can actually do what they haven't ever done, which is win a title. Like, yeah, the Knicks haven't won a title since the early 70s, but they have won. The Brooklyn Nets don't. And if you got to convince Kevin Durant to stay, then you got to win because KD is a little bit younger than LeBron and could still bolt because he might – like like LeBron did, I'm going to go to Miami. Okay, I'm going back to Cleveland. Now I'm going to L.A. Ke- Kevin Durant could still make another move at some point before his career is over. And if the Nets, Nets want to keep him, they got to win. So that's why the obvious answer is, yeah, it, it's championship or bust for Brooklyn. The Lakers? Who cares? Alana. <laughs> um, I don't care about the Nets. I've counted them out. Um, I don't think even with Kyrie that they were going to win a championship, but now with that circus that's happening, um, I do think it was smart of them to kind of like make a clear outline that he's just not allowed. I think being in limbo would have been worse for them, but still I just, that's a mess. So to me, like I have no expectation of them winning a championship and I can't really understand why anyone would Um, for the Mm. Lakers. I don't know. It's hard because I kind of see both points. LeBron isn't going anywhere. I totally agree with that. And I think that um, he knows that everyone's going to tune in. The tickets are going to be sold. People are going to pay attention to them regardless. But on the other hand, are you really going to spend time and money and effort building out that roster and not expect the best? To me, that's like, it's not even about LeBron anymore. It's about Melo, for example, and Russ and the other guys who are really hungry. So I kind of think that they more so have more expectations on their shoulders than the Nets do. Um, I just think it's funny that no one's bringing up the Bucks. Like, did you all forget yeah. that they won a championship? And I'm like that too. I don't expect that from them at all. And I think that that's like kind of mm-hmm. sad in a way because everyone is kind of overlooking them. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was just the right time, right place for them last season. Kind of the same thing with the Suns. No one's really talking about if they're going to be it. It's just sure, Lakers, okay. Nets. And I feel like we're going to be surprised in the end. Josh. I'm not overlooking them, Alana. Trust me, I'm not overlooking. No. Them. When they <laughs> ask the question about them, trust me, I'm gonna go in. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Josh. Yeah, for sure, we can't overlook uh, overlook the champion from this past season. But to be, to answer the question, it's honestly both. Um, mm. In my opinion, it's both. Obviously, because mm. from a Lakers perspective, yeah, you're right. LeBron's not going anywhere, but LeBron is also in his 19th season in the league, and you can't and you don't know how long that prime is going to stay. Um, so as long as you have any type of championship window with of LeBron, with even at the level that he's at right now, you have to take advantage of it. And the fact that there really is no future in LA outside of maybe an Anthony Davis, you, you you're kind of you're kind of stuck in this championship window. So anytime you have LeBron there, yeah, you gotta. You, it really is championship or bust for him. But in regards to Brooklyn, 
Brooklyn, especially when you talk about Kevin Durant potentially making another move uh, from a Kevin Durant perspective from leaving the team, yeah, that might happen. I don't see it happening considering he just signed a four-year max extension. So I don't think he's leaving Brooklyn anytime soon. How However, many all players with those huge contracts force their way out, though? Like, it, it happens yes, all the time true. That is true. Yes, that is, is exactly true. But Brooklyn has a bigger problem than Kevin Durant right now. It's actually James Harden. Because you're already don't because you're already struggling with uh, signing Kyrie Irving to a long-term extension with that fiasco going on. James Harden has not committed to Brooklyn past this season. Matter of fact, he's actually said, "I might I haven't tested free agency yet in my life, so I might actually take this opportunity." He's also a head case, so that's a great point. Like he's a wild card, and he's just a loose cannon. Yeah, so you don't know James Harden, even though he asked to come to Brooklyn because of his relationship with Kevin Durant. That's not a guarantee that he's going to stay, considering what what's going on with Kyrie Irving and the Nets as a whole either. So if the so at this point, if you have no security in having your second star, and you're already uncertain about uncertain about Kyrie, and it's just the Kevin Durant show with a bunch of role players, that's not going to get you far because we already experienced that. Kevin Durant already experienced that. So both teams is championship or bust opportunities with the rosters that they currently have. Cause especially since the future is very uncertain for both teams. When you talk about LeBron's aging as well as Kevin Durant and not having the all-star talent that he may not have past this season. Ted. Uh, quickly, uh, there's pressure on both franchises to win the title, but I want to focus in on the Lakers. How much will the office focus in on Anthony Davis this year? Because you got to start to transition to this is Anthony Davis's team now. And number two, will he stay healthy? Because uh, he had a bunch of injuries last year. And of course, the Lakers didn't get any time off uh, between last season and the end of the bubble season back in 2020. That's one thing. And another thing, Russell Westbrook on that team now, how much will his game change? Because he's been Mr. Everything these last few years, especially with Kevin Durant and OKC. Of course, we saw that he did that with Houston and OK and um, Washington last year. How much will Russell Westbrook's game change? How long will it take for him to adapt to LeBron and Carmelo and Anthony Davis? Well, the meshing of all these, you know, the veterans, especially with the Lakers, you know, it's going to get very interesting. Ray Bull is going to have a, I'm not going to say he's going to have a tough time, but it's going to be very interesting handling all, you know, the, all those egos. And look, you know, Phil Jackson was able to do it multiple times, so we'll see if he can do it. As for the Nets, I mean, I'm with Alana. I don't think they're even going to win the East this year. But again, you know, prove me wrong, even with Kyrie. So we'll see what happens. Go ahead, yeah. Sid. Yeah, we're heading down the whole stretch of our 2021-22 uh, Chicago Bulls slash NBA preview special right here on Second City Sports, live in the living color on sports on Chicago. Alana Takauer, Joshua Hicks, Matt Peck, Big Dave Watson as uh, part of our panel, along with Lakina McGee, I'm Sydney Brown. We have less than uh, 10 minutes left in our preview special. I want to start out with Big Dave, Big Dave Watson first. Uh, who's going to be your regular season MVP and your um, defensive player of the year? Oh, man. Uh, as far as MVP, I don't know Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, that's Honestly, when I think of that, I just think of guys like Anthony Davis and Giannis, and then my brain stops. <laughs> that's really the high <laughs> point. Yeah, I'm like, not a bio. Does that ring a bell? Like I said, it stops after those two. Of Rudy Gobert. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> of Rudy Gobert. Right. I don't even think of Rudy Gobert. You're right. I don't even think of Rudy Gobert. But um, you know what? I'm not going to disrespect Bam. I'm not. Bam plays defense excellent. He has a better team around him for sure, which might allow him to be better on the defensive end. And it's already a good defensive team because you have Jimmy Butler and those kind of guys. But 
you know, but I'm not going to give the heat no love. What, what, do you, what do you think this is? Stop. But good effort, good effort, though. Good effort. <laughs> um, but MVP, man, I'm rolling with Giannis, honestly. After what I saw in the preseason, if Giannis is doing that <laughs> in the regular season, he's the best player on planet Earth, period and point blank. Because everything, as far as his game, look at what he's gotten out of his game so far by, by not having a jump shot, not having a three-pointer, you know, in those handles and nothing like that. Oh, you know, just, you know, a 50-point performance in game six, just a finals MVP, just back-to-back MVP, just defensive player of the year, you know, doing all that stuff without having those things. If he's adding that, I watched him in the preseason. I thought it was a video game. I, I, I didn't think it was real. I'm serious. I was like, this ain't real. I kept watching. I was like, this is for real. Like, he stepped back and the confidence of his shot. He changed his shot and how he gets it off because he's realizing how big he is and how tall he is. Nobody's going to be able to block anything when he puts it up there like that. If he's playing like that with that kind of jump shot, there's nobody that can stop this dude, period. Nobody. There's nobody out there to stop him. So I, I'm picking Giannis. If he's doing what I'm seeing in the preseason, I got Giannis, for real. Josh? Yeah, I mean Giannis is Giannis is no joke, and you can tell that he's ready for this. He's ready to come for this three, uh, this repeat too. Yeah. Um, with the way he was talking, even after the finals, uh, he yeah, yeah, he came out and was like, "Yo, I'm glad I won, but I'm already thinking about how I'm gonna get the next." <laughs> like, he's, right. He's already ready for that, and yeah, you could tell this from the preseason. He's definitely um matured in his game to a, and taking his game to a whole nother level. When it comes to the pull-up game and creating his own shot, which is something that has been limiting his success, aside from even this aside from this past season, but I think I think we have to look at the opportunity too, depending on what goes on in in Brooklyn and how uh, that scenario plays out too. You could have either Kevin Durant or James Harden be an MVP as well, um, considering the fact that you know their third their third string of uh, the third wingman and Kyrie is you know, all over the place right now. And he's not pretty much playing at that as far as we know what it looks like in Brooklyn for this season. You know, it actually creates the room for Kevin Durant and James Harden to do more. And if you really want to be that technical, even last season, although Kyrie Irving was a very, very much of an assassin when it comes to how that offense worked, James Harden was the efficient playmaker for that offense that really kept that mm-hmm. offensive team mm-hmm. afloat, which is why they got mm-hmm. as far as they did. So if James Harden could play at that level combined with Kevin Durant and they become successful uh, this season and maybe even get, if they were to be the number one team in the East and go deep into the playoffs just with those two, one of them may be dark horse to win that MVP as well. But, I, but right now, number one, Giannis for sure. Lana? Yeah, I have Giannis. Um, I did think about Kevin Durant for a second there, and I do think that if I had to pick a number two, it would be him. Um, But Giannis is just on a whole nother level. I do think he also wants to get that second championship or at least get as close as possible, and he knows it's going to be on him to do so. Um, He looks phenomenal already in preseason, even though I'm not one that likes to kind of talk about preseason as being indicative for the rest of the year. But he looks great. Um, but I am giving defensive player of the year to Bam. Like he goes oh, overlooked no. every year. I'm sorry, someone has to say it. He is ready. Like it's this year, it's his time to shine. The pieces are in place around him. So no one's oh. it up. I'm gonna say it. Matt. He's, <laughs> he's, nice. he's nice. He's six nine and he's nice. And, and don't underestimate what winning the gold medal did for him. It's, it's gonna help that too. But but stop. 
<laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and ignore that ridiculousness from Milana. Um, <laughs> What's new? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. This is how we operate a lot. Um, I, like, everybody's talking about Yana's out to repeat. Not a single one of you mentioned the person who's out to repeat winning the MVP. This man, Nikola Jokic, is repeatedly underappreciated and underrespected in this league. Look, I know he may be not like the flashy, like megastar Hollywood kind of player that the NBA wants as their MVP winner. But what you saw him do last season when Jamal Murray went down to me cemented his rightfulness as the MVP last season because his, you know, whether it's Batman, Robin, Robin, Batman, whatever. The, the second best player, I think, on the Nuggets, maybe some nights he's the best player, goes down with a season-ending injury, and Jokic still carries the Nuggets. I think didn't they win like eighteen of their last twenty games or whatever <laughs> yeah. after yeah. Jamal Murray yeah. went down? Yeah. <laughs> because Nikola Jokic, right. that was the rightful winner of MVP last season. And look, if he can replicate that, if the Nuggets, through all the chaos of the Western Conference, end up with maybe one of those top three seeds, and it's because Jokic is still playing like that. I'm not saying he's the favorite to win the award again, but the fact that he just gets ignored in all of these conversations is ridiculous to me. Mm. Mm. Sid? Uh, the person who should have won the MVP last year, I'm going with them this year, and that's Joel and B. If he didn't miss those 20 games a year ago, that their <laughs> award was here. <laughs> now. This is the worst take you could ever have. Oh, oh, God. oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> well, he's right, though. I, I will say he's right because before he got injured, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I gotta agree. But uh, yeah, I'm picking either Giannis or KD. Those are like my two top choices for MVP. Can I say I also don't want to leave out Luca? Yeah, don't be I was gonna say Luca, Luca too. Yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got a new coaching staff now, so yeah, I think Kid might you know have the offense go through him. So yeah. we'll see. Real quick though, who are the like the sleeper teams outside of you know the Bucks and the Nets and the Lakers? Who's like that team that no one's really talking about? But do you guys feel like can kind of challenge for those top to be the top tier in both the East and the West? Uh, Matt, I'll start with you this time. Um, I, I don't. I, I guess I'm, I'm calling him a sleeper because no Kawhi, but I'm really curious to see what the Clippers do this season. Yeah. Like they still have Paul George, they have complementary pieces like. Are, are they going to fall apart without Kawhi or can they figure it out enough to get themselves into positioning and maybe they get a favorable matchup in the playoffs and, and, and what happens there? Because everybody else, you know, we're, people are talking about the, the Lakers, of course. People are talking about Dallas even because of Luka. Clippers are real interesting to me um, and, and might, be, might be sneaky good. As far as the East, I mean, I, I don't see – like the team that I think in the East is the most likely dark horse is the Bulls. Like say it. Like no, nobody <laughs> refers to to the Sixers as a dark horse, assuming that Simmons is back and it looks like Simmons is back. Even though they were the seventh seed last year, people refer to the Celtics like they're a contender. Right. <laughs> yeah. Alana's Heat aren't a dark horse because it's like, oh, they got Kyle Lowry. They're winning the championship Ooh. this year. That's not there a dark are. horse. <laughs> there are national pundits picking the Bulls to finish 11th. 11th no. in the oh. East. They could mm -hmm. finish top three. That is a dark horse right there. <laughs> Josh? Yeah, in the East, you know, obviously, uh, you can definitely say the Bulls for sure. Um, for me, though, a team that I'm actually really intrigued about is actually Charlotte. 
Um, mm. LaMelo Ball, I want to see how LaMelo Ball takes his team to another level. Even last year, obviously Charlotte, um, you know, didn't make the playoffs. But they were with the Bulls for that final eight, you know, in that play-in range, um, mm-hmm. even with LaMelo being hurt for that period of time. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Charlotte is going to do and how LaMelo Ball, if he could really take this team to another level to where they potentially could be a playoff team, especially if the Bulls make that leap and hit and go into that four, five, six range um, that from the East. But from the West, for me, I believe it is the Golden State Warriors. Um, wow. <laughs> um, because of the fact that, yes, you still got a, you got a healthy Steph right now. You got a healthy Dray, Draymond. Um, you, you potentially have Klay Thompson coming back uh, in January. And outside of that, the really player that I want to pay attention to the most that really isn't in line for most improved player is Jordan Poole. That brother oh, yes. went off in the preseason. And I believe, and since he elevated his game to that next level, pairing that in the backcourt, especially if um, Andrew Wiggins doesn't step up to the way that he, in a way that he can't, and we know he potentially can, go to state may be, um, they may not be up in the upper echelon of the roster, but they can play with any other team at any given night. So I think Golden State is definitely one of the sleeper teams that even though we know how successful they really can be, really are, not right. getting as much hype as they deserve considering all the injuries and everything that's been taking place the past couple of years. Alana? Um, I don't really know if I'd call either of these dark horses, but to me for the East, we're not really, or no one's really talking about Toronto. Um, and mm. I think that losing Lowry for them is going to completely reshape the team. Uh, and I think they really have something to prove. I think they're also overlooked as an organization um, culturally. I think they're mm. really far mm. none to the way that they not only treat their players, but their staff, the fans are ride or die. Um, obviously I'm a little biased with Goron, but I do think that he adds something there that, you know, not, there's no comparison to Lowry in terms of their game, but just in terms of kind of leadership, uh, and being all in and being able to give those younger guys some kind of vet experience, I think is huge. Um, so no one's really talking about them, but I, I'm curious to see how they're going to do for the West. This is not a dark horse. It's just to me, the Suns are going to come back. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to necessarily play ball in the same way that they did with the other kind of top guys in the West. But to kind of just say, like, that was a one and done thing, I just I hope that's not the case. I love them. I think that they have come so far. Um, Monty is just how can you not root for him? And I want him to do well. I want his team to, su- to succeed. Um, so I don't know. To me, like, I, I have my eyes on the Suns. Dave? six man of the year. In the West, uh, I'm looking at Memphis. Uh, I really like Memphis. Uh, Matt knows how I love John Morant. That's just my guy. I love John Morant. But I love the players around them as well. I even like the move getting Steven Adams. Uh, I like what he adds to that team, you know, because that team has always been about toughness, grit, and grind, and all that. And Steven Adams is definitely that. Uh, one of the best screen setters. That dude is a wall. Okay, and that's going to be important for guys like John Morant because you know how he explodes uh, to the realm and does things like that. But Dylan Brooks as well, uh, I'm really high on. I like Bain too, man. I, I like their whole team and the whole makeup of it. And I think it's time for them to finally make that playoff run because I know it's, it's just time. It's time for them to do that. 
in the East. The, come on, how can you call them a team all about toughness? They just waved Chris Dunn the other day. I mean, I know, man. You know what I'm saying? You're right. I knew that was coming, right, I knew that was coming no. from you, Matt. You know, Matt is correct. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't have no more room for the dog. You know what I'm saying? They didn't need the dog on their team, man. Right. You know, no, he's a dog like that. Oh, Lord, Chris Dunn. Sorry, continue. No, it's, it's it, 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 I, I love that you did that. Trust me. <laughs> but he's. Uh, I mean, the honest, the the true rightful answer is the Chicago Bulls, as far as dark horses are concerned. Just by how national pundits, like Matt said, have been freaking seeding them and frying them, acting like this team ain't gonna be that team out here in the East. They're gonna be that team, okay? But my guys, who I'm looking at is the Washington Wizards. That's who I'm looking at right there. And you know why? Because you got Vincent Dinwiddie, of course, who I've always loved. Vincent Dinwiddie yes. is an excellent point guard. Bradley Bill is a walking bucket. We all know this. This is what he does, man. But y'all know who I'm looking at? It's that man they call Daniel Gafford. And you know Daniel Gafford is <laughs> doing his thing. Have you not seen him known. in this preseason? We should have you known know where this is going. You know where this is going. You see him in that preseason. <laughs> man, they added a jump shot. He is much more intelligent. The conditioning is better. I expect him to have a great season with the Washington Wizards, man. He is going to be a double-double machine with a bunch of blocks. I can't wait to watch him, man. But Washington, I think you should watch out for it. Over under on Gafford fouling out of 50 games this season. <laughs> oh, definitely take the under. Definitely take yeah. the under, man. Controlled chaos. Controlled chaos, sir. Controlled chaos. You, you Get ready you for the love Gafford too, but that guy's gotta you, yeah, that guy's gotta keep his fouls under control if he wants yeah, to make a difference that's true. every night. I yeah. agree. I don't disagree All with right. that. I don't disagree. All right. Well, Alana had to go, but uh yeah, my uh quick um my my quick take, uh, Memphis and Charlotte, for all the reasons that was mentioned, I think those are my two sleepers. Sid, what do you think? Uh, quickly, in, in the Eastern Conference, I have Charlotte, not Charlotte, it's Charlotte, uh, Josh took early, but the New York Knicks, they did it with Smoke and Mirrors last year uh, with the with the fourth C. Congratulations to Derrick Rose on his engagement, but will he duplicate that performance uh, uh, like he did last year? And Julius Randle has a lot to prove. Uh, he failed in the playoffs last year. That's one of the reasons why they got bounced by Atlanta. Let's see if he has a great year this year. And actually, like this team to battle the Bulls for that fifth spot. I don't know if they have the talent just yet. They're, they're my uh, Utah Jazz, a version of uh, uh, in the Eastern Conference. That's the Indiana Pacers. But they do have the right-hand mm. coach in Rick Carlisle. Oh, okay. That's a good one. All right, got anything else to say before we wrap up? Uh, the NBA season, the 75th anniversary season, kicks off tomorrow night on TNT at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Milwaukee will get their championship rings and the championship banner will be hanging up on the Raptors if I serve form. They'll be followed by the Los Angeles Lakers hosting the Golden State Warriors. Of course, the Bulls will kick off their season Wednesday night at 6 p.m. against the Detroit Pistons against uh, Lakina's guy, Cade Cunningham. So we'll see hey. if Cade Cunningham can win Rookie of the Year. We'd mm -hmm. like to thank our panel that joining us today for our Bulls NBA Power Hour. Joshua M. Hicks, Alana Takauer, Matt Peck, and Big Dave Watson. Thank you one and all for joining us. It should be an exciting season both locally and nationally, and we'll look forward to having you guys on throughout this alone and hopefully a successful season. Especially for our Bulls, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. All right. No problem. Uh, real quick, where can people find you on the social media streets and all your other projects you guys have coming up? Josh, we'll start with you. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Josh M. Hicks Media, for all the latest sports content, including NBA and Bulls. We've got a lot coming for you this year, so be on the lookout. And you should read his stuff, too. They're really, they're really great. So, you guys, make sure you read Josh's stuff. 
And Matt and Big Dave, what's coming up on Lockdown Bulls? Oh, my God. Uh, five episodes a week for the next six months. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, yeah. we're, uh, yeah. we're stoked. We're stoked. We, we did a really fun episode uh, uh, last Friday with Zach Guilford, friend of the pod, Chicago native and actor. Uh, he gave his thoughts on, on the Bulls uh, upcoming season. You can follow me at Bulls underscore Peck. Uh, we are at Lockdown Bulls. And Big Dave is... Uh, I'm at Bow Sports. Uh, we'll be doing uh, Ball on Bulls. Definitely, we'll be back in the swing of things uh, starting this weekend. Uh, and Matt, see, if y'all don't know who Zach Gilford is, he was Matthew Matt Saracen on Friday Night Lights. So I just yeah. want to let y'all know that if you don't know who that is, that's who that is. Okay. Yeah. And he won. And he got on. And we had a great time, man. He did an ad read and everything. It was amazing. It was clear amazing. Eyes. It really <laughs> clear eyes, full hearts, go Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, you can follow our, our girl Alana Tuckar at Alana A L L A N A Tuckar T A C H A U E R on her social media and also to Five Reasons Sports. Also, too, she's also doing some stuff for NBC Sports Chicago. So, congrats to her. She's gonna be gonna be have some stuff coming up too. Um, you know, say what's up. Yeah, real quick. I know we got a boogie, but uh, anybody else can chime in as well. But Big Dave, did you watch the versus battle last night between Big Daddy King and KRS-One? If you did, what were your thoughts? Listen, man, KRS-One is just outside my top five, and Big Daddy Kane is just outside my top ten. So, yes, I definitely was watching that battle last <laughs> okay. night. It was great to watch. Um, it was great to see, man. And KRS-One won like I thought he would win. I thought he came out okay. as the winner. It's hard to match his live show. Honestly, you can't match that energy. Even that dude is almost like 60 years old, and you still can't match that kind of energy out there. And the breath control on Big Daddy Kane was amazing. Uh, he definitely stopped drinking and smoking a long time ago because the breath yeah, control on goodness. that man <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely unreal. Thank and goodness. it was so much hip-hop going on that night, man. They brought out a lot of great people, a lot of pioneers, man. It was so much fun to see. I, I really enjoyed that battle. It was great. All right, Lakina closes out. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you download your apps. And make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports at war on anchor and you can follow war media at war media on facebook twitter instagram and youtube once again war media at facebook twitter instagram and youtube and thank you very much in advance for your support like share subscribe and tell your friends yep for lakina i'm sid this has been second city sports live and in living color on sports Soul chicago you can catch us every monday and every friday from noon to 2 p.m central standard time right here on sports zone chicago all right, guys, stay safe out there and be good to each other. Wash your hands, wear your mask. Mm. You're not going to get vaccinated. Mm. So for everybody, you guys be safe. You know, this was Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Happy Basketball New Year. Go Bulls! Yeah. Holla! Come on. <laughs> so excited. <laughs>